Yay, Beaker, what's up, man? I need you to take off your hat for a minute, please. Why is that? Because we, we're going to pay homage to Canada right now. And it's probably a national holiday. You have Canada. a hat on. Why should I take my hat well, on? I'm taking oh. mine off right now. There we go. Take your hat. a tribute to Ty Tasman and the amazing performance that he had at PMB this past weekend, bouncing back from an abysmal DNC, coming back out swinging. Shout out to all my all the Canadian fans that listen to this. I know right now all of Canada's like really happy. My buddy Devin paid. He's AKA black dolphin. He's been buzzing me ever since talking about Ty. He's like Ty Tasman's number one fan. So congratulations to Ty Tasman. Canada's favorite RC son, and yeah, I think maybe it might be a national holiday in Canada now for that. But anyway, you know what? We're going to talk about that and much more in this podcast, Joseph, and it's great to have you back, but it's time to drop that intro. Nitro is the glory. Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast with your host tonight, Keenan White, a.k.a. Lefty the Great. And if you are unlucky, the Finnish village idiot, JQ. This is the RC Podcast with no name, but plenty of content. So sit back, relax and get ready for some serious bench racing. Yes, indeed, Nitrous the Glory, but E-Buggy pays the bills. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 121 of the No Name RC Podcast. I'm your host, Keenan White, a.k.a. Left of the Great. Let me get my Beach RC's hat on straight. And, man, we have a lot to talk about this week. PMB happened. Ty Tasman won. Joseph's back. Lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. But before we go on any further, I'd like to shout out and say thank you to all of the uh, NNRC squad around the world, man. We can't do it without you guys. The Facebook is growing almost at uh, 3,700 likes. 
Let's make that go to 4,000. So I appreciate that support. Follow us on IG as well. And don't forget to subscribe to our, uh, to our YouTube channel as well. That's steadily growing, and we're putting more content up there as well. Shout out to all the patrons of the NNRC. <clears throat> Without you guys, none of this is possible as, as well. You guys help keep these bills paid, and I greatly appreciate the support. If you wish to become a patron, the link is in the written description of this podcast. And, of course, we have uh, some very awesome companies that sponsor us, and it's really exciting. Uh, we're growing. They're growing with us. But first off, making the most news this week is Mayako. And Mayako has this to say, with over 50% of prototypes sold in the first 20 hours, we would like to thank all of the Mayako Performance Community members for the support and for believing in this project. For more information about the new buggy and membership, head over to Mayako.com. Definitely creating a lot of buzz. We're going to talk about that with Joseph. So thank you to Mayako for their support. Shout out to TNR Fuels, Chris and those guys. They were at PMB. Man, he's going everywhere. Uh, good dude. Remember, TNR Fuels is fuel made by racers for racers. So check them out at tnrfuels.com. Our newest associate sponsor, High Tech RCD. We're super happy to have High Tech on board. Uh, they've been in the industry for many, many years. <clears throat> I myself used to run their servers way back in the day, but they're back in racing. And this is what they had to say. Since 1983, High Tech RCD has been an industry leader in engineering, manufacturing, radio control systems, servers, and telemetry components. Our team of top engineers have researched and developed the most superior servo technologies in order to bring the highest level of performance and reliability to your hobby. Along with High Tech's rock-solid reputation for high-quality products, including an extensive charging line, we have a dedicated customer service team available for your constant support. Trust in High Tech, your servo and charger headquarters. Check out their new RDX2 Pro Charger and, of course, their HSB9381 TH servos. It's really awesome, actually. Really, really awesome. They are available at A-Main Harbors, HRP, Max Products, Motion RC, Robot, Robot Shop, Servo City, and Tower Hobbies. So, also we have on deck is, uh, to continue our sponsor line, we'd like to shout out to Beach RC, who has been a long-time supporter of the podcast. Beach RC was at PMB. We have an affiliate link. They are also the sponsor of the Bench Racing uh, segment. So, if you want to support Beach RC, please use our affiliate link in the written description of this podcast. Shout out to Techno RC. Techno had a great weekend at PMB. Won the long jump competition. Tyler Jones in second. Awesome weekend for them. Uh, been a long time supporter and thank you. Sun City RC Raceway. Joey Showers, Christian and his dad. I mean, Christian and Corbin doing big things over there in SCRC. They have Border Wars coming up. If you're in the El Paso area, go check them out. Our new sponsor, Lugs RC Racing Tires. They also were at PMB. Check them out. Uh, use the promo code, go to lugsracing.com and use promo code NNRCLUGS in all caps and save 30% off your offer. I mean, off your order. Manscaped.com as well. Still on the podcast, really liking that. Uh, we got a message from them here later on. Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, long-time supporter of the podcast. If you're lacking traction, go check them out. You'll find it with their traction compound. Racecraft USA, <laughs> chasing the guys, really cool guys. Glad to have them on board. Uh, really appreciate it. Of course, Wally Builds. Wally will be on next week. I think he's going on to a desert race this week, so we can't do a live. RCGP. Remember, RCGP is saying no to racism, and we all should. So, yeah, we stand behind that. And House of RC and JQ Threads. So, with all that said, I would also like to say thank you to our guest this week, who is uh, Jack Barker. 
we, j- we venture out into a whole different genre altogether of battle bots. I found it very interesting. He actually does race some touring car as well. So it was a great ch- talk with him. Keep an open mind because, man, this battle bot stuff's on TV and we ain't. So they're doing something right. With that said, let me get Beak Beak up in her because it's been a while since it's been on her. So let's, let's see what it's been up to. Beaker. Yeah. What's up, dude? The snow is melting. Summer is in the air. Woo! That means RC racing for you, or at least testing. Well, we don't have a track now, so. Uh, not. I mean, anywhere, anywhere in Finland, or just close by you? Um. Well, there are a couple potential ones about an hour away. I have never been to either one, so yeah. maybe uh, in a couple of weeks they'll be open. So, are you going to? Are they going to rebuild the track, or because I remember they were moving it, correct? Yeah, hopefully this summer we'll get a new one. Awesome. Well, that's something for you to do because it doesn't look like you're going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, with that said, <laughs> it looks like all the uh, the Euros have been cancelled as well, unfortunately. So, Well, up until the Nitro Euros, they are still scheduled for July, but I would assume that they will have to move them also. You have also had a busy week. Uh, Mayako dropped a good video last week, and obviously the the shop opened up. I, I think we'll talk about that a little bit more in the Manscaped news uh, when we, we come up with that. But I, I want to tell, uh, you know, otherwise than what you've been doing, what have you been up to? Like, have you been getting out? What's what's going on in Finland? I've been just really busy working on everything. So the book is being translated now, mm-hmm. actually. I'll show you here. I think you almost sold a thousand copies, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I think a bit over now because we are translating it. So Fabrizio, I guess in Italy, he has his YouTube channel mm-hmm. and he actually translated the book. So in a few weeks, it will be available in Italian. Awesome. So that's that's his YouTube channel, just his name. That's his name? So, we so can, if uh... people... Fabrizio Tecesi. Okay, Fabrizio Tecesi. So you can see his, you can see his uh, YouTube channel name there, maybe. Mm-hmm. I see it. And uh, then, what else? Yeah, all the whole Mayako web shop, finishing that, sort of uh, the sort of marketing, branding, everything that's needed, basically, for the release of a new brand. Okay. And it, it was, it went... Pretty well, so not bad. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't too bad. Um, I was, we, like I said, we'll talk about that a little bit more in depth in in the RC news. Uh, something I was gonna say to you. Oh man, I can't remember. Uh, something I was gonna ask you. So I had. Uh, I've been busy. You know, it's been busy for me. I'm planning my trip here shortly to America. I don't know how that's gonna work out, but <clears throat> I'm excited to go. Excited to get back to America. And uh, rumor with the Ghani, you know, he's probably trying to squeeze like four more people in there, but I already laid down the law on that. Um, if I'm paying for half of that room, it's just going to be me, you, and, and Mike, because Mike's going to be with us. So, you know, Greg is always trying to get somebody else in there. And um, we shall see. We shall see. It's still, still up in the air what's going to happen with Silver State. Silver State. I'm hearing that uh, we might have to pit outside as well. So I'm going to have to ask Anthony to bring the JQ tents to Silver State. Anthony, if you listen to this, which I know you aren't, can you please bring the, the tents to Silver State, please? 
Um, nothing. Much. Oh, crazy story. Crazy story. So I haven't really chatted to you for a while. You've been busy. So last week, um, my wife, you know, I, I always got to have a crazy Dominican story. So real quick, just at the nail salon with my wife, um, with my daughter the other day, getting her nails done and whatnot, you know, women things. So she parked the car right next down the hill, not far from where I live. And she just heard all the, like, so it was like two groups of Haitians, like started fighting each other with machetes and rocks and all this stuff. And she said, all you heard was, boom, windows breaking and all this stuff. She said, Keenan, I thought it was our, our car going. You know, my car's already got to go in the shop. Someone, someone hit it the other day, so I'm waiting to put it in the shop. now. but she says, I didn't even want to go outside. And they said, these guys are fighting, like two groups, two, two gangs fighting each other. And then when she went outside, it was a miracle. They broke windshields and dented up all the cars around my, all around ours besides ours. You know what I mean? No broken, no enough. I mean, obviously, it's, it's banged up from what we beat it. And it's funny because they, the cars that they messed up were actually belonged to the car wash and they had cleaned them and they parked them on the side of the road. So then that guy had to like bring out his gun and the cops came and she was, she, you know, she came to my house all panicking and stuff. And I said, hey, this is just another day in the DR. That's why I love it, her. You know what I mean? Anything crazy can happen. I always miss out on that good stuff. But uh, everything was fine. Crazy Dominican story. Life in DR. Nothing much. Um, you know, like, I, I, we raised almost 2K for that young kid up in France. I'm sorry, in Quebec. Uh, two weeks ago on the live. Did you get see me eat that lollipop? I didn't watch. Uh, it was was it fun? Uh, it was horrible. It was horrible. Then we got five, like $500 more dollars to, to, put another, to do another one. I didn't have to eat it, though. I just had to put it in my mouth for five minutes. But, man, it was that stuff was so bad, right, Joseph? It, it, it was burning my skin. I'm glad I didn't swallow much of that stuff. I would have been really bit sick. But, hey, it was all worth, worth it, and I would do it again. So now I need to find something else to do to raise some money. Maybe it's going to be sour stuff this time. We shall see. We shall see. Anywho, uh, anything else you want to add before we uh, go on to... Uh, Oh, yeah, I talked to BattleBot guy for this podcast. It was pretty interesting. Uh, Who? BattleBots. You know, the, the, the uh, like, combat robots on television? You never seen that stuff? Oh, okay. Yeah, so he, he was uh, Jack Barker and Endgame. They're, like, the 2020 champions. They just got crowned. Obviously, they filmed it last year, and it's all on TV and stuff like that. And he actually raced his touring car. So, you know, the guys up in Canada... Curtis and Chuck and those guys, they kind of put me in contact with him, and it was a great chat. Like, that stuff's really big, man. Really, really big, and yeah, it's on TV, and we aren't, so they're doing something right. Uh, but anyway, man, do you have anything else you want to talk about before we go online here, man? And go do the uh, RC News? Nope. All right, well, you know what? The RC News is brought to you by Lugs Racing, our new sponsor for tires. Lugs Racing has over 55 years' experience combined in the RC industry. They are a small company making big moves in the RC world. As you know, in racing, it's all about tires. Lugs Racing has been testing different tread paddings, wheel molds, and propriety rubber tire blends to bring racers the best product we can. Our tires are available in medium soft, super soft, and mega soft. And first up, we have our Econ line econ tire line that has been developed with budget racers in mind as well as bashers this is the line we used existing molds from previous products but we have used the same rubber compounds as our premier lines this allows us to keep costs down and pass those savings on to our customers for the all-out racer we have the protos and tqs these are our premier tire line 
that are made custom de- that we have made custom design molds and utilizing our rubber compounds to bring you the racer the performance that you require please visit lugsracing.com and save 30% off your order with NNRC lugs in all caps thank you lugs racing appreciate you guys support go show them some support guys and um yeah showing them some love shows us some love all right, Josie. So the RC news, I haven't really, I mean, the RC news is going to be all about PMB, pretty much. But, um, okay, the other big thing that happened this week was Mayako, like, web shop open and some pictures. And like me, I know a lot of people upset because looking for some pictures under the hood. Uh, I was, I know that for sure. But I also understand that this is a prototype and I don't see many other companies showing prototypes to people either. Uh, so how, how, you know, yeah, this is your project and, and you guys, you, Wally, Scott, and all involved in Mayaka and whatnot. How was the, how would you, how did you feel the response was? I mean, you, you know, for the first day, first 20 hours. Yeah. Roughly. Uh, it was really good. I didn't really know what to expect mm-hmm. because it's a sort of new concept really. So here I can show the pictures of the car. So the car is only available for members this year, so you have to get the membership and then you can buy the prototype at the discounted price and you can select all these different options for it. Mm-hmm. And the only pictures we released were these ones with the body on. And the thing is that I think that people who will join this don't need to see under the body right now. That's not going mm-hmm. to make or break uh, the decision for joining or not. And, and that's almost sort of the stra- strategy also. Like, mm-hmm. It's not really about what's exactly under the body. It's about the project and the idea and mm-hmm. the fact that this car will be developed within that community. And so it's not really relevant. You know, It's going to be a really good competitive car, and that should be enough. And the reception was really good. So the, in the first 20 hours, we sold over half of the available prototypes. So awesome. that was really, yeah, really good to see. And just, just for people's information, like this isn't the finished product. Like I know there's a lot of people, oh, that's, that's this and this is from this car. And this is, I even, if you re- read the Facebook, it says like, yeah, these aren't the shocks we're going to use. This is just what we had later on. <laughs> Stuff like that. I get that. And I think the general uh, yeah. co- I think the general confusion was with people was, oh, it's it's membership plus six hundred and eighty dollars. That makes the car a thousand dollars. And from what I saw, the general that was what people were you know, people thought that was the price. And it isn't. <clears throat> I mean, it's either when it's when it's production ready, it's gonna be what, six eighty, which is retail, and you know, you don't have to join the member the the membership, but if you join the membership, you get a car at what is the membership? 420 for the year. How much does that work out to be a month? It's 35 a month. So 35 and a then, month. Uh, yeah, and the, the car will then be 379 with the membership. And some people missed this, so now we have uh, it in bold and red. Good. That the prototype is being estimated to be shipped in August. So when you pre-order it now and you become a member now, up until August, we are still uh, sharing pictures and videos and ideas and discussing the development of the car as well as other things to do with 
you know, car setup and driving and racing and all kinds of stuff. So sort of what I do on my YouTube channel and what's in the Invisible Speed book, but within this uh, community of Mayako, future Mayako drivers. So the Discord uh, channel has been really good for this because Discord is an app uh, app on your phone or a, a computer computer program. And you can not only chat there, but you can also uh, have live calls mm. or live videos. So there are different uh, channels on there, basically, for with different topics. And you can just enter a sort of room, a chat room, I guess you would call it. And if someone else enters, then you can talk. You can talk, and you can share your screen if you're doing something, or you can uh, uh, do a live video call. And all of the members can then join those those different uh, calls. So it is really good for building a a sort of tight knit community of people with the same interests and goals. So that's, that's basically what will be going on for the next few months until people then get the car. And then at that point, everyone's already familiar with not only each other, but also with Discord and how everything works. Mm -hmm. And then it will be much better when they then get the car and everyone can start testing it and providing feedback and talking about it. I think so. that's key. I think that's what people kind of have to realize is that being a part of the community is what's going to make this different. <clears throat> people, you know, like I'll be honest, I, I was watching Facebook uh, and majority of the, I would say that it was definitely a great reception. Of course, I, I also realized how much, not undeserved, but you have a shit ton of haters, like, and they kind of resurface for things like this. <clears throat> I'm not saying you ain't, you ain't earned none of these haters, but, um, you know, it's just amazing what, like, well, I mean, we have opinions too. Like, you know, everyone's like, well, another car on the chassis on the market and all this stuff. Yeah, but it's, yeah, but not kind of because one chassis. It's not is, another. I know another chassis is going away and this is, and it's common. Like, it's not just a, <clears throat> I'd be honest, like, I'm not going to like swing off your nuts and all that stuff. But I think uh, that your car, like people's been waiting to see what you can come up with. And now with this opportunity, you can go a little, you know, you can, produce the car that you wanted to produce so i think people are you know exceptional to see that see what you're coming with. can we talk about any features like all right can we say what some of the features are like i don't know like upper arms versus links yeah uh well we'll be releasing information uh in the coming weeks mm -hmm. the members sort of get everything first and see everything under the okay. body too and all that stuff and then non-members that what they know is basically those pictures on the web show. Okay. Cool. Well, I mean, I know you've been testing upper arms for a while. I've never, I don't know the reason for them in, on both sides, but I guess we'll wait and you'll put more information about that. But part of yeah, me, I think it's better in every way, except it's a bit heavier. Okay. I was, but I must, I must admit, I was really hoping for some under the hood pictures, but I understand why there isn't. So it's all good there will be more in the next uh, few weeks and as for the haters i obviously it's normal you know it doesn't surprise me um but i sort of 
maybe the, even the haters have lost a bit of uh, imagination because I used to get much, much better hate, you know, much mm. more entertaining hate than now. It's like, or maybe then everything that I do and we do now is that much better that it's not as easy to criticize as before. Well, so, I don't know. What I it think is. it's more about you just not being on Facebook and <clears throat> arguing with people for 10 days straight, which I'm grateful of. But you still, you still got to stop. You know what? I've kind of made a rule for myself. Like and I told you this the other day. I don't engage with people privately, like who've messaged me on Instagram or, or YouTube. But YouTube's not too bad. I'll engage with people publicly. But like you said, you saw that guy, he, he's engaging with you. He doesn't have a picture of his profile. He doesn't have his real name. And they message you privately. And then when you say something that offends them, they go and put screenshots up and try to, you know, do stuff like that. So I've made it a rule. Like, it, whoa, geez, it doesn't wow, matter. It me. doesn't matter to me. I know it doesn't matter to you, but you just, I just. Whatever you post, whatever you post in private, you have to assume that it can be public. Well, I just don't choose to talk. That's my rule. I would rather, if I'm going to talk to you, I want to know who you are and what you look like. You know what I mean? I don't have to know what you look like, but at least I need to know what you, who you are. So I'm kind of made it a rule for myself. If, if you ain't going to tell me what your name is and at least should tell me who you are, then I'll engage with you publicly, but don't, I'm not going to do it privately. You know what I mean? Cause you just yeah. don't know. I'm just, I'm just getting kind of sick of the trolls and all that stuff. They pop up every now and then, like they popped up when you're doing the interview with Derek Bonham and all that stuff. And it just gets frustrating yeah. cause it's, you know what it is, man. It's just people that just hate you from a long time ago. And of course they hate me because I'm affiliated, affiliated with you. And um, yeah. you know what? I just ain't got I ain't got time for him. So fuck him. That's that's pretty much where I'm at right now. Um, yeah, but the thing is that um, the the people who complain about this kind of stuff now, like oh it's uh, whatever, like oh the pictures aren't good, or yeah. oh they they expect people to buy it without pictures under the body, or the membership thing is silly, or it's a Ponzi scheme, or this or that. Like they have all these criticisms. But at the end of the day, the whole idea with this is to try and do something different because everyone is, everyone can see that. Uh, well, maybe not everyone can mm -hmm. see, but I, I think that a lot of people can agree that our industry could be better and that there have been many companies that have struggled. Many companies have gone bankrupt. Many companies have uh, had to let people go. Um, so... Just doing things the old way doesn't work anymore. It can work for a few who have a big market share, but for the rest, it doesn't work. So you have to do things differently. So this is an attempt to do things differently in a positive way, where like the one slogan was in, in the beginning that the Mayako isn't for everyone. It's just not for everybody. And I think that's fine. You don't need to try and get every single driver in the world to drive your car. It's enough to find the people who are interested and aligned with the philosophy of the brand. Mm -hmm. That's it. If it's 500 people, then it's 500 people. If it's a 2,000, it's 2,000. You know, it doesn't have to be every single one. And I think that's fine. Why not? Maybe this is a way that... Uh, the people who do run the Mayako car in the future can have m more fun and enjoy their hobby more than they have in the past few years because they can be a part of something on a different level. No responsibility really for them. It's still just, you know, good fun with friends, but there's more to it than mm -hmm. just buying a product and going racing with your friends. So 
that's what Mayako is trying to do. Something different, connect on a deeper level with all the people that are running the car and then develop also make it possible to develop the car more and in more interesting ways than what currently is possible in the market. Uh, and also, I think, look, like I, we say it every time, the business model that RC has created or adapted <clears throat> 10, 15, 20 years, 20, 15 years ago is slowly collapsing. I think you're going to start to see more companies go this route or similar route for their customers. <clears throat> and Yeah, because... Yeah, go on. And I, and I just think you're going to, because we said it before, like, what are we going to do? End up giving somebody $50 and a, a, car, a car to run? And another thing that this done, uh, this got to show you, like, you know, obviously the JQ guys who want to stay stick around and run the car, they can, they can run this car or they can run the, the JQ car. But it's funny to see how many people jump ship, you know, and I, which, we, which you kind of know, you be all, when, you know, when you first kind of came up with this and, and whatnot, we, we knew that was going to happen. But it's, that goes to show who's her for the deal and hers, who's her for the real, like who believes in the people that are behind this, which is you. You know what I mean? And obviously with me, with the JQ guys, obviously my involvement in Mayako is coming later when we actually get cars and JQ cars are running them. But it's a good thing. I mean, I get it too. I get I get why people, you know, but I think people eventually, we just can't be giving everybody's de everybody deals. I just said this. You can't give everybody deals and expect to make a profit and expect to stay afloat. You know what I mean? Eventually that comes back to, to get you. Yeah, I've never liked the idea of... Uh getting customers by giving discounts because they have the wrong reason for running your product. And when you compete with other brands in that way, the winner loses basically mm -hmm. because the winner is the one who can give everyone everything for free. And if you do that, then you lost, like, what's the point? You just destroyed the market <laughs> for everyone else and you aren't making any money. So that's how you win that race. It's a race to the bottom. And this is an attempt to do it in a different way where when you don't give discounts and sponsor everyone, it's the customer that decides. This looks like something I want to be a part of. So they invest some money, get the membership, and then they get the discounts. Mm -hmm. uh, the discount also isn't as big for parts, but for the kit, it's bigger than probably most uh, uh, discounts for other brands but the reason that people join isn't the discount at least i think so maybe later on in one year's time can do some kind of survey but i don't think people join Mayako because they get a discount yes mm -hmm. it's important that they do but that's not the reason that they go for it so i think i think this is a better way of doing it obviously that's why uh, we are trying it this way now. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and it just is what it is, man. I think, like I tell people all the time, hey, you know, and that, that company didn't have a bunch of parts available and parts were short. You know why? Because everybody's got deals and they owe money to, to factories and stuff like that. And not that's not the case every time, but, you know, it it's definitely something that happens. And <clears throat> just because there's a lot of cars out there doesn't mean that that company is making money. You know what I mean? So it, it's a lot of, you know, it's just the illusion that has been created by the industry. So anywho, we've talked about that quite a lot. So I'm, I'm not going to yeah, beat that I, dead horse. 
I think it's more important to give value to customers that isn't a discount because then also, even if they get a financially better deal somewhere else or a bigger discount somewhere else, they don't switch because that's not the reason they are supporting the brand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, like the people that are signing up for these prototypes, they are not like they're interested in what the brand is going to do. You know what I mean? Not at all the best discount they, to get, they can get. And this is just this is just what we've created. And when that, when a guy can come into RC and he's been in it for two months and then he's demanding the best discount, we've created that. We, we made that. So this is, you reap what you sow. And it's time to fix it. I, and I get it. People need, people want these discounts so they can race more. Well, I, I think you should, I think, yeah, I mean, get some discounts, but I mean, come on. We gotta, we can't, we, you're going to be giving away kits here soon. And nobody makes yeah. the money then. All right. And I'm really looking forward to next year's racing now. I mean, more so than normally, because for 2022, Mayako is looking to sign a top driver, like really, really winning, winning level driver. Like Mayfield so, level driver, you mean? Ronafalk level driver? Yes, that level driver. And uh, one driver like that, and then another good young driver <clears throat> as a sort of, second driver mm -hmm. for an rcgp team right. so hopefully hopefully one of the top guys is available so that they can sign them and then it will be obviously the racing will be much more exciting for me because i can watch one of the top pros drive a car that i designed yeah and it works for wally builds team and the jq guys are running i mean at the end of the day it's still a Mayako car and we'll be running it. So, hey, it's like when Wally was at DNC, he, you know, he doesn't run for the team, but he's running a JQ car. We all felt happy for him. We wanted him to do well, you know? So it's all good. I'm excited. I'm excited for the rest of the year and next year, to be honest. So I'm excited for my trip here coming up. Yeah, wait for that. All right, man. Um, Anything else you want to add about Mayako? I didn't really see any other news. I knew we was kind of going to be talking about, excuse me, about PMB for a little while, but before we go into PMB, Joseph, I have an important message from Manscaped. All right, so I have to talk about this. So this podcast is obviously sponsored by Manscaped. It's a global leaders in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped.com offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels and is now available in the USA, Canada, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, and the EU. We have an exclusive. We have an exclusive offer for all the listeners. Go to www.manscaped.com. Use the promo code. NNRC, no, is it NNRC? Is it no name? Sorry, no name in all caps. And you save twenty percent off your order, and you get free shipping. Join the movement for other the uh, join the movement and the other two million men who trust Manscaped. But before we go any further, I have to talk about this. So, Joseph, did you know this? Did you know that one guy every hour, every day is diagnosed with testicular cancer? Did you know that? I didn't know that till I saw this. No. Yeah. So. This is a reminder for men listening to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Manscaped, in addition to providing the right tools and solution to safe and easy manscaping, has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to spread awareness for men's health and early cancer detection. Together with the TCS and Manscaped are committed to raising awareness to the most common form of cancer in men from 15, from 15 to 35, Joseph. I did not know this. Wow, that's, that's incredible. So, and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testic testicular, testicular cancer as part of their We Save 
Balls Initiative. So while you're down there cleaning up your sack, why not go ahead and give them a little investigation for lumps, changes in sizes, any pain, and I think we can all agree it's pretty fun playing for your balls anyway. So guys, I know we, we, we all do that, so just check all that stuff because, you know, this, t- this testicular, testicular cancer is really a bad thing. And you know what? Get yourself that Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0, the Lawnmower 3.0, and cut through the jungle to find your manhood. All right, Josie. <clears throat> PNB. Wow. Big race. Very big race. Uh, 396 bodies, 810 entries. That's massive. Very massive. Congratulations. I know this race is all about getting the, the most entries as well, but I know that. But I have to say I was very impressed with a lot of things that Dave and Race Time done this year. And, um, yeah, I mean, even just the amount of talent that was at this race was impressive. So we have a lot to talk about her. So I like to always start off with the track. Now, this is, in my opinion, this is the best layout that I've seen PNB have. They actually <laughs> managed to make it even bigger. I don't know how they did that. Hey, Joseph, can you just turn down the volume of your earphones? I heard myself coming back through there. Uh, you're close to the mic. So what did you think? I gave the layout 8 out of 10. No wooden jumps, no crazy walls, uh, no really big, stupid break-your-car jumps, it looked like. Uh, it had a great mix of things. What was your thoughts on the track from looking at it? From just looking at it, yeah, it looked really good. I think I would have enjoyed that. You know, a lot of people don't, were like, oh, the Joker line isn't real racing and stuff like that. I actually enjoy it. It makes it hard to follow the racing, per se, especially from a, a viewer standpoint. But it does add an element of surprise and another element to the race. And I think it helped a lot of people. And if you didn't get it right, obviously you could... If you you know it just I thought I thought it was good. I like to see them do a joker lane where you actually have to do it once and you get slower time, but they like it this way. And I don't think it's going anywhere. I think this is the third year in a row that they've had it. So yeah, I think it's all right. I don't I don't mind it. I just wish we had a better way of knowing who was. I think it's probably better that it's faster. Right, right. Probably, probably your internet. Because when it's faster, um, special. Hello. Your, your first world janky internet's acting up. Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you though. If it acts up again, um, I might just put you off camera and just listen. Yeah, to when it. it's faster, someone at the back, someone who doesn't qualify well for a main, for example, can take that take them early and maybe the others won't have take won't take them at that time, you know. So it kind of mixes up the field a bit, at least for a moment. Yeah. There, so. Uh, and I don't know. Yeah, I, but back to the track layout. I talked to Bobby her after it afterwards, and I was like, "Did you guys make that track big?" He's like, "Yeah, we went out like thirty more." Now I think it's getting to the point where it might be a little bit too big, but I mean that's the point of this race. I I was I give Bobby and Dave and and the, and the track masters guys credit. I think they they did it good. I mean, you had one people for yeah, there's I heard one or two blind spots. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, that I heard there was only two blind spots this year. <laughs> well, Maybe it's a record. Yeah, yeah. I li- they had a little rough section mixed up, too. You know, I like that, like, dragon backs, like, um, 
like on the second lane from the front straightaway, like how you had to time that and jump. I like that. I like that the most. Um, you know, like like the yeah, time. Yeah, the section was good. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna remove your camera and on off, and then uh, sort of run off loop section towards. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was great, and then that rough section was getting a lot of people uh, in that in that. Uh, yeah, it was like you saw in the beginning of the pro main, like the first lap, Finn like just flipped out of nowhere on that right, right before that. So, no, it was actually before the Joker Lane section and all that stuff. So it was good stuff, man. I I, I really enjoyed the track. <clears throat> it was big. It was huge. I had a lot of people was like, people were looking for bodies to spray them like fluorescent green or bright colors so they can see their cars out there on that back start, that back stretch. But it was good. It was good. So kudos to them. I enjoyed that. And um, yeah. So anyway, back to this interesting 810 races. Man, you can't tell me that these guys aren't competing with Joey. Of course they are. Of course they are. How Joey brags to have the biggest race. These guys just had blew it away with entry-wise and body-wise, it looks like. But um, the competition was really good as well. Like, in all the classes, like, they were stacked, super stacked. Pro class was stacked, stacked. The only three pros that were missing were, see, from DNC were CJ, Seth Van Dalen, and Mayfield. Well, we know Mayfield, his wife, congratulations to Ryan Mayfield. He has a beautiful baby daughter, by the way. Uh, she got born a few days after PNB, so it's understandable why he wasn't there. But kind of disappointed not to see CJ there. And even more disappointing is, why is Seth Van Dalen not there? That's what I couldn't understand. I for sure thought he was going to be at this race. Hello? Oh, why? Yeah, trust him. You know what? We're going to have to turn off your cam for a second. I, don't, I think it's messing up your internet. Can you do that for me? Please just turn off your cam for a second. We'll come back when the internet's a little better. <clears throat> so, I'm heard rumors. Why I don't want to ask him. Ask him. Well, I haven't. I, I did. I've talked. I've asked people around what's going on with him. Um, I've heard different rumors. I don't want to say what I've heard. Uh, I've heard a few different things, but I will say... If there are rumors, why can't you say? That's the whole point of the podcast, isn't it? Well, I kind of heard that he might have got grounded. So, for something. At, at DNC or something like that. That's for what? I don't know. Using his own parts in the car? I don't know, but you know, like, come on, like Seth and his dad, they've used their own parts and and... You Let's know. be honest here. If you've heard that he was grounded, you know the reason. Well, I, so why not but that's the thing. I don't know the reason. I heard it was something to do with his, like, there's so many rumors going around, like, that it was something to do with his car is not being clean or something. I don't know. So maybe that's just a cover-up for maybe they got in a little argument because if I'm Seth Van Dalen, I'm kind of wondering what's going on here now, too, you know. Um, you're, you're with Techno. You got Techno just signed Kyle McBride and all, and, you know, they bought Tyler Jones on and, like, they have a stacked team. And as we said it before, I think all these drivers go, I think Kyle stays where he is because he's going to be in Australia. But when he comes to America next year, that's another person added to the list. I definitely think that there are people on the techno team that will be on the chopping block at the end of this year. And I, and, and I, I don't know what's going on with Seth, but he needs to be get, he has not had the results that he's had. He's not had the 2019, early 2020 that he had, he hasn't, like, the later part of 2020, he's kind of had a, this year has been disappointing for him. You know what I mean? So I hope he can refocus, get things going, because he is Seth freaking Van Dalen. He's talented. 
But it's just like, hey, where there's smoke, there's fire. And I just think like maybe he's feeling, if I was Seth, I would definitely feel a little bit left out right now. You know what I mean? But he kind of has to dust that off and and get back out there and, and prove why he should be a top driver, in my opinion. And he needs to get that result. You know what I mean? That's the one thing he's kind of missing. He hasn't got that big result. So if I have a message for Seth, man, I don't know why you weren't at PNB. I heard some rumors that you, you know, you, you might have got grounded for a month or something like that, suspended. I don't know. That's the rumor I'm hearing. But dust that off, man, and come out swinging because I know you can do it. So I hope you can. But I definitely think there's there's some friction going on right now. It's, it's kind of, it might be like when Kev got um got that month suspension by AE. You know what I mean? Remember that? Yeah. So. I don't know what's going on with that, but that's just the rumors that I heard people talking from PNB. Because it was shocking that he wasn't. I mean, he came. I think he came second at PNB last year, right? Yeah. Or the last PNB, sorry. Well, that they had back in in July. So definitely, definitely a miss, man. Definitely a miss. Um, man, I gotta play this video, Joseph, before we go on because I thought this was pretty cool, and um. We we try to we try to enter it one year or two. Where did I put this? Hold on, did I lose this already? Anywho, um, the long jump competition. Did you see that, Joseph? Hello. Yeah. Well, I just saw one last. I didn't see else. Oh well, man. Did you see how far they? I like that. I really like that part of PNB. Uh, we try to enter it one year, and our rocket didn't ignite. But man, he sent that thing. He sent it like amazingly far, and he must have. Um, I think he must have been running like a six X six S battery. He geared up, and man, they sent that car. I've been there. I I've seen where this goes. Like you know what I mean, where this goes. Let's have a look at it real quick. This is courtesy of Live RC. So let's see. <laughs> that is amazing. Wow. Oh, oh my God. Oh my. <laughs> and the car, drew, this is the amazing part of this. Oh my. <laughs> oh my. What would have been funny is if someone had been driving there on the road and he would have landed a bit earlier you always gotta think through the windscreen of the car that would have been good oh my god let's see that again actually nobody that's look how fast that car is going oh my gosh man that's amazing i don't care what anybody says that's amazing let's see if your video is working again joseph um it's amazing i think it's fun i like that I like that. I want to win it next year if I go PMB. I want to. I want to drop. Well, I'll probably miss the ramp myself. I'll probably hit that rocket and <laughs> that car would just be a beeline right for that field, and you'll never see it again. It would just never stop. But I think it's a great. Um, it's entertaining. I would. You know what would be great if you got some spectators in there to see that. That would be awesome. Like non RC people. So, yeah, good stuff. Congratulations to Techno and Joe Bornhorst on winning that. So, yeah, good stuff. All right, Joseph, um, let's get into the nitty-gritty here. Let's get into the nitty-gritty. What do you say? 
That's fine. Because this race uh, had a lot of the pro class. Okay, they had 18 car mains. They had to have 18 car mains to get through this race in time, pretty much. Lance McDonald's back calling, was back running the races. I enjoyed that. Good to see Lance back there. He, I think he, people... I think he ran a good program. People, like, my complaint was 18 car mains, but, man, to get through 810 entries, that was the only way to do it. I think they even got out of there at a decent time on Sunday. Not on Saturday, though. They were there till like, 3 in the morning. It was it 3 in the morning, and they started racing at 6 again? Yeah. That was madness, madness, madness. But this is what this race is all about. Psycho. Yeah, but this is what the race is all about. So, kudos. It's good to have Lance back calling races. I talked to him here. Maybe I'm going to get him on the podcast to talk about his new series that he's doing. But I like Lance. You know, I would have liked to see Lance do RCGP as well, and it comes back to America. So that was good to see. Um, but, man, we got to talk about this. Let's, what do you want to talk about? Pro Nitro Buggy only, or do you want to venture into e-buggy or truggy and all that stuff? Pro Nitro Buggy only. All right. So, anyway, just, just to say anything, Spencer Rifkin, winner of Truggy, and... Um, Winner of Truggy was an e-buggy, actually. So he uh, he killed it, man. He killed it on that sense, per se. But um, where is it? I'm just trying to bring up a picture here of him. There we go. There's, there's, there he is. Oh, man. Look at that. Tessman in fifth. Spencer Heckert. Good run for him. Fend in second. Tebow fourth, and look at that trophy. We're going to talk about that more, but those are some badass trophies. I wonder where that idea came from. But uh, kudos to that. That's a nice trophy. And uh, I don't blame him. I, wanna, I would want a few of them myself. So Spencer uh, wins, wins Truggy. Uh, foot, I think Cav could have won that, but he did his joker lane, and he flamed out too fast. He was like, he did his joker lane, and he was just still like faster than just dropping faster laps than everybody, and he flamed out, and he actually came back a little bit later. And E-Buggy, I, I didn't watch it too much, but it was a good race to the end, and congratulations to Rivkin. But, you know, the, the big enchilada is pro Nitro Buggy, and man, I didn't think this was... You know, Max picked Tessman to win, right? And I thought he was crazy. But, man, Tessman must have went home to Canada, and I don't know... What he done? But he came out to Tennessee. Did he go home or stayed in California so he can practice? I don't know. Test? I don't know. It would, I thought he went home. You know, did did you hear anything if he went home? I thought he was home. Uh, we would have couldn't if he wouldn't have been home. Wouldn't we have seen him at some of these races in was California? The border even open? Yeah, yeah. They can. When was he in California last? I don't know. DNC in February. Yeah, maybe he stayed in California. But we would have seen him. All his shit together. We would have seen him at, you would have been pictures of him or videos of him at races or something, or at OCRC or at Thunder Alley, and there was nothing like that. I doubt he would have been going to any races. I think he went back to Canada because he even did a video. He dropped a video like a week ago, a week before PMB, and it was looked like it was at his house. Where he usually does his videos. So I believe he went back to Canada, and I believe they can come over but they have to quarantine for like 14 days when they go back or whatever. So I'm, th- I'm thinking they're going to stay here for Silver State and obviously what they have to do to Nationals too. So I'm, I'm hoping they stay for Silver State and Nationals. But man, dude, this guy, like 
they 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 this is what this is what you do though like i mean we can't we talk shit about the testaments like and how we thought they might be done and gord might be losing it but i mean they went they went back they took their licks and they came back out and they came out swinging and they teak you want to hear my theory okay let oh i don't know if i want to hear your theory is it going to be rude it's not rude it's just factual most likely so probably left canada went to america Broke up with his girlfriend in Canada, and that's why he's now fast again. So initially, it wasn't too good in BNC, but then you know, after a few weeks, and got over it and sort of started the revirginizing process. And then, uh, yeah, now he's back on it. Well, they, I think they also. I think this is his first time at PNB as well. So first time at PNB, maybe. Maybe I don't know. Maybe the hot race tires, a little the East Coast based more. Been on the East Coast for a little longer. Maybe that helped a little bit too. It's more important, probably, just to get used to them and figure out the setup and all that stuff. Oh, he he came out and he 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 kicked ass, man. He he won the race. I don't think he dominated the race per se, but no, it was close. Yeah, it was very close. Like it wasn't a dominating performance, but a much. Very much needed performance for Ty Tasman. Arguably, it would have been closer if Cavalieri's body didn't come I off. know. Like, but, oh, but let's just we'll rewind. Let's talk about this. I think Tasman desperately needed this for his sponsors, for Gord, for everybody involved in that camp because it's been a long time since he's tasted victory like this at a big race. Been on the podium, but hasn't won. Buggy. So... You know, congratulations to Ty Tasman, Canada's favorite son. Oh, Canada. You came out, you went home or whatever, wherever you went after that, you reevaluated, you came out swinging, and you won a race. First race you've ever been he to. He didn't go back to Canada. Otherwise, he would have gone to see, to see his girlfriend. I think we he went back to Canada. Stop if your, your theory is wrong, okay? No, he it's did not. go back. He, it's so accurate. He reevaluated. And this is what, but this is what, this is what real champions do. Yes, like 17th at DNC, in the B main, not making the A. Unheard of for Ty Tasman. Goes back, regroups, focuses, comes out and wins this race. Which is going to be interesting because we got to talk about points and the NNRC Cup and all that stuff here as well. Well, we talk about it now, isn't it? Because it's all about this. Bring up the points. Let's I will. See if you prepared. I did, but let's talk about Cav. Because I think that the GOAT, I really think that the GOAT, is 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 in the flow is in the go is is like in the flow like when i say in the flow in the glow whatever you want to say i think that uh hold on did i share it oh shucks what happened there? all right uh i am so stoked about this people be like oh you're just you're ignoring tasman but i think that this is the biggest thing her like hers so hers the nnrc cup if you haven't heard about it uh, we started it last week. This actually developed on um, on the podcast, and we went ahead through it. This is just for fun, but we are getting a. I am getting a big, big trophy made for this, and these are the points after after DNC and PNB with the goat in in first after a third place finish. Tyler Jones in third. Actually, Tyler Jones and Tebow are tied for third. I would have to say maybe. I don't see any points. Those are the. I know. I'm, I'm going to show you points in a second. Jesus, take it easy. So you said these are the points. So yeah, I, I just wanted to points. show that. I just wanted to show that as well. So here are the points. Hold on. Cav, man, I'm telling you, man, Cav is feeling it, Joseph. He was 
he was the most impressive to me. And Jones. If he his if his body didn't alligator, he would have walked away with this. He would have he would have won it. Like and I'm how, sorry. how can you say that? He wasn't bleeding when it happened. Because he was faster than everybody. I can see it. I oh, saw okay. it. I saw it. You know? Saw it. I think my prophecy with Cav is coming true. Remember that video I made how we were winning worlds? Watch. He's he's figuring it out faster than he did with the S works. Because he's got okay. that whole team to help him out. Watch. Okay, we'll see. Watch. If it's if his body didn't alligator, uh, he, he would be in a video better. this week about fending. Oh gosh, you want Barry Baker to hate you even more. Well, actually, that's why I'm making this video because I heard some feedback from Barry. Oh, yeah, yeah. He Something was... about me being wrong or whatever. So I'd just like to prove my point again here. <laughs> All right, so what are your thoughts on Cav and, and the top three here then? Before we go into points on the NS, NNRC Cup and all that type of stuff. Let's let's go through that, like this race. Uh, let's go through some of these notes, notables, and, and whatnot. Hold on, where are my notes? There we go. So for me, who impressed me, obviously Tyler Jones, a second place finish. We know he can do this. It's good to see him do it. Uh, so that's not, I mean, I think he could have won this too because it came down to being really close. Cav, like I said, figuring it out. He's going to, people's going to have to watch him. He's, he's faster than Dakota now, literally. And this is only his first few months with the car. This is what Cav's good at though. You always say this, Cav's good at doing well with a car that's not 100% great. I didn't say that. Yes, you have. You said that to me in privately. No, but if you are implying that the TLI isn't good or 100% great. I'm not saying that it's not great, but I mean, I'm not saying that it's not great, but... If it's weird because I'm enjoying watching you. No, but because fans so watching good. you squirm out of this. Oh, one. you just like you just like put me in, predi- in precarious predicaments. I didn't do anything. Yes, you, you did. But I, all right, I'm not I'm not this in the car. But obviously, there's a lot of things going on. I talk to people. I know what's going on. What what's going? How many parts from different cars they're using to try and get things right with the car? You know what I mean? Let's, oh, really? What what are they using? I'm not saying all that. They just t- people tell me this. This is from drivers that are driving the car. You know okay, what I so mean? what other brands? I don't know. I didn't ask all that. Jesus. Jesus. You want to know everything. You're going to get a cease and desist. I know. I'm going to read what it's going to say. It's going to say, this is what you're going to get in the mail soon for saying that. You're going to get, upon examination, it's obvious that your statements were malicious and made with the very intention of damaging my client's business reputation. My client has suffered irreparable damage to its business interests. Basically, you said that Cavalieri is good at driving cars that are not 100% great. <laughs> okay. This I will probably should have rewrote it. Irreparable damage. I sh- irreparable damage to well, I look the at, business interests. I'm not, I look at Fend. And, he, and Fend is, Fend's been with this car for how long? I just don't want you to Fend yourself now because. Listen, if you do not remove the aforementioned activity, a lawsuit will be commenced against you. We will also seek monetary damages to be proven at trial. You will not receive another warning letter. Did you get another cease and desist oh. or something? No, this is the original oh, yeah. Well, the, the, the great thing I'm about that is that they, the, they can take all of nothing because I have nothing to give. Uh, but I'm not talking... I'm not talking bad about the car, but they're still working on the car. And that's, I've been talking to other team drivers and what's going on, but I'm wondering, like, Fens had so much time at this car. 
and Cav just coming in there and he's I think he's figuring it out, like, you know? Or he's just that that much is he that just more much better, more experienced than Fend? Just has a different driving style. Yeah. Fend is too aggressive. Cavalier is aggressive, but he is the sort of uh point and shoot aggressive. You know, he doesn't really enter the corner super fast and throw the car in like no he breaks before the corner keeps mm-hmm. a tight line but his all his inputs and everything's like very precise and fast you know so it looks aggressive but actually if you look at the car in the corner it's not or entering the corner it's not anything crazy you know he doesn't mm-hmm. push the car too hard in that moment whereas fend does he is sort of too aggressive in relation to what the car wants to do Racecraft. I think I think Kyle has really good racecraft. If you watched him, he just he put that car as close as the the pipe as he could on every corner, defending his position. Yeah, but you can also see it, for example, when the body started coming off. Mm-hmm, exactly. How he didn't really make any mistakes because of that. Right. But you know, he had to adjust his driving immediately. Right. Because of that. Right. You know? And that's I think that's a skill that Cav has. You know, and 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 I don't think Fan has that yet. I think he'll get it. But. I mean, Cav kind of. If he doesn't have it now, he never will. But th- come to think what of it, yeah. That's Cav's had it all this time. That's why he's a multi-time champion and and yeah. four-time Reedy champion. You know, so yeah, I don't know. Well, it took Mayfield. Hmm, it's it. That's what. That's also what I mean by not great. Like body coming up, it didn't really phase him that much. It. I mean, obviously, at the I end, think with someone like Fend, I because he's that good and been racing for this long. I don't see him changing. I think he will start doing better when his program is better for him. When the car setup is working for him, okay, then he'll be better. But I don't see him changing mm, as a driver. That makes at sense. This point. That makes sense. Well, I'm excited about the goat, and it's good to see Tyler Jones. Let's let's talk about him. Uh, great performance for him. Thoughts on this? Yeah, he. He was good, I guess. I mean, Tyler Jones is kind of funny because he's so invisible to me in some way. You know, there are some drivers are just invisible. Mm -hmm. And he's one of them. Not to me. Just in general. Like, I think if you even ask people who's Tyler Jones outside of America or, you know, those races, Mm -hmm. I don't think people even will know. Let's be honest. This is his first year of actually being a pro, like you know, off school doing all these races. I, I call yeah, him. But dark didn't horse. he win this race? He, he won it in 2019. Yeah. See, that's two years ago. Yeah, but then he didn't really. He went to Agama the next year. He didn't really race, and then he's back fully racing this year. And that's why I call him the dark horse. And people get upset, but it's kind of like that. The Midwest people know him because they race with him. They know him and all that stuff. I've gotten to know him because I've been watching him. But I think this is the guy. Like, I think this is one of the guys that are going to take it to this next this next level here. Like, you know, he doesn't, he isn't scared. He wants it and he's going after it. So great performance for him. The win is only, it's, it's not far away from him, but he needs to stop having those off. The, like, it's either he's got to have a good day and win or podium or a medium day where he makes top five, but he can't be having those bad days where he's way back or, or breaking something. Like ENC, I think he was in 10th or something like that or whatever. But congratulations to Jones. Other notable performances for me were Brandon Rose. It was really good to see him go. He finished sixth. 
Uh, you know, he finished the race. That was one of his big things is like he hasn't been able to finish races, but he has. Uh, it's good to see him racing more as well. So that's great. Jackson Brunson in seventh. The Ginger Ninja coming in. He beat, he beat Spencer Rifkin. He beat his buddy. He beat Rifkin. And Fenn, I have to, I mean, people talk Fenn, about Fenn. I mean, but he got fifth. You know, he should be on the podium, but he got fifth. So I would say that's notable performance for me. Maybe not the performance that he wants, but it's better than his DNC performance. Not so good. Tanner Denny made the trip. It is Mugen now putting their eggs in with like Ryan Mayfield and Tanner Denny, you think? Like they're two main uh, USA drivers? No, I don't know. Hmm. Or Drake also. Yes, but Drake is more of a, a, a worker. Like he works for them and he, you know, he's more of a, a team manager type role, but he's still fast. Don't get me wrong. But uh, it's good to see Tanner Denny racing more. Like I think we're going to, this is good. Like, because I mean, he's fast. He proved it at, at, at the NC, finished in second. I think I think ninth is I would like to see him do better, but I think he walks away from ninth and be and is happy. Drake, man, Drake in twelfth. A big difference from where he finished fifth at DNC. And twelfth, PMB. I'm I'm not gonna say it, but I am gonna say it. There was no forty plus man before this. So I don't know. Might be some might be some 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 Coalition with what I what we said a few weeks ago after DNC. What order were the races run? Um, well, he did Troggy. Troggy. No, pro- I mean Nitro Buggy. Oh, well, forty plus. Well, it was after. he didn't race forty plus. Yeah, he raced forty. He did. Yeah, but it was after Pro Main. And qualifying too. Um, no, they qualified. Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure because they qualified. Sorry, they qualified in groups. So sport, like they ran all the. So if they run nitro buggy, they run all the classes. Let's let's see. Let's actually bring that up and see if we can see that. Um, qualifying rankings. Uh, we can't see it now, can we? Qualify. All right. So let's see. So they raced. All right. So it was pro. All right. So. The qualifying went like this. Nitro buggy, e-buggy, 40-plus e-buggy, pro-nitro buggy. Okay, so they did the pro-nitro buggy. Yeah, 40-plus in qualifying came after pro-nitro buggy. And it came after in the in the mains. So, hmm, I see what you're saying there, Joseph. Yeah, well, there you have it. There might be some proof there. 12, I think... He could have done better, maybe, but who knows, you know? Who knows? I'm just saying. Just saying. Maybe our point is being proven there. But I was expecting a little bit more from Drake, and I think one of my biggest disappointments was Jared Wiggins, man. You know, we, we praised him about making all these mains and whatnot and how good he's been doing, but he didn't make the main here, and it was 18-car mains. So I think he's a little bit upset about that, but you know what he's doing? He is he's getting back on the horse and is up to going up to LCRC and he's gonna race. Jared Tebow got a fourth. I don't think he would after winning this race last year, I think he wanted a lot better race. I did chat to him briefly before he um because he helped me out with that video. <clears throat> and he was looking forward to this. But man, it was it was a stack. Joe Bornhorse in eighth. Mason Fuller, man. Hey, Mason the Fuller or the Iceman, as he likes to be called. Tenth, made all three mains, finished third in e buggy. 
great run from him. Ryan Lutz down in 13th. Ugh. Not what he really wanted to finish, but to be honest, with that new car and only him running it, it's it's going to be difficult. Okay, wait. So, remind me. Mm-hmm. Why is Lutz racing PMB? Uh, he said it on the podcast. I can't remember. He says he can race it now. What in... Uh. God let him do this one. Well, basically, pretty much what he said. Okay. So, um, Good to know. <laughs> who else? Um, Aiden Horn made the main, but obviously, obviously had issues and, and it was out. But good to see him making the main. He made the main at DNC. Cole Ogden, this has got to be disappointing for him, man. You know, you come off. That is actually, I forgot to. Cole Ogden in 17th, man. Come on, Cole. You go to DNC. You have it was never really a factor either, I think. Yeah, like you go to, you know off. what it comes down to, man? And I, I honestly think this is, on the East Coast, Cole's got to be the guy. He's got to help out everybody. There's no one to really help him. I don't know if Eddie Lorette made the trip over to help him pit. But I think when he goes on the West Coast, he just has a little bit more support. Not say, like there's obviously a lot of people on the, on the in the Southeast running HB. But when you go to California, you got like, um, you know, what's his name? JT Barons, Eddie Lorette. Oh, it's got a lot more help and it just seems to help him better. And I just kind of think that cool. I, I'm going to say it like it's just inconsistent. You go from second at DNC to 17th at her. It looks like you had an issue at the end, but not even really a factor in this race. And this, he should be a factor because if anybody should be used to this, this type of dirt and this race, it should be cool. He's done it enough times. So kind of disappointing for cool after such a great run at, um, at DNC. <clears throat> but this is racing, man. Another Spencer Heckert done in 17th, 16th, but still new if the buggy coming from C-Hub car to Pillarball. And Jacob Hardison, man, out of Adrenaline, out of Adrenaline Raceway there in Virginia. Once again, making the main. He qualified 18th. All right, let's be honest. This was a big main. This is, you know, as, as the Ghani says, it's, it's like, so it's 80% of the B mains and the A main if it was 10, 10 people per main. But, uh, you know, disappointing for him. Evan Vale, a good run, 11th. So, yeah. And obviously Spencer Rifkin, uh, a race that he wants to forget because he had a great run, a third at DNC. And then he comes here and he doesn't he doesn't look like he flamed out or anything. He was just off pace in that main. So I wonder what mistakes he made. Anything you want to touch on about this? Like what you saw with Tessman or whatnot? What? Uh, what did you see with Tessman driving that made things better? No, I didn't see anything. I mean, I'm sure he just spent time somewhere at the mm-hmm. track and figure out, figured out his setup and engine and tires and everything. Okay. Was it? it? It takes time, too. You know what I mean? That also, was- this race has 24 hours of practice. This is true. They could practice as much as they wanted. So definitely they did practice until he was comfortable and everything was working just how they wanted. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's different at DNC. So if you if you go there and your things aren't working right mm-hmm. in the first practice, yes, you're going to struggle because it's two practice rounds. Track is way different in both. So if you struggle in the first one, you don't really, you can't really know what changes to make because you, you were so far off in the first one. Then the track is completely different for the second one. So you are constantly like one step behind. Do you mm-hmm. see what I mean? Mm-hmm. You need to go to that race where the first practice run, 
your car is decent. It's ballpark. It's pretty good. You don't have any big issues. And then the only thing you do really is maybe have a few improvements in mind. Then you look at the track. Okay, changed in this way. I'll tweak these few things a bit. But if you're way off, then it's going to be difficult because you have to figure out how to get in the ballpark and also how to get in the ballpark of this new condition. Yeah, it's hard. Well, congratulations, man. Like I said, he needed this desperately, I think, for confidence as well. And congratulations to him, man. He, he came out and proved everybody wrong, including us, because we thought he was, like, on the way out, you know? But uh, this is what champions do, and the testaments are known for that as well. So congratulations once again at O Canada, and shout out to my boy Black Dolphin and all the uh, Canadian fans of the podcast. Uh, before we go into the NNRC Cup, Joseph, I just want to also say I want to I want to shout out and give kudos to Dave Lycom. Uh, I like some of the stuff he did. I just like he was. Did you see him running around in that in the uh, the Joker? Like not the Joker, but he looked like the Riddler from um, from Batman. Uh, Willy Wonka. Yeah, oh, the Willy Wonka. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he looked yeah. like the Riddler too, but with the top hat. Willy Wonka. He had a Willy Wonka version. Oh, you see, you always got a dirty ass out of it. When we're trying to be, you know, you just gotta go. You just gotta go to that next level. Do you always have to go for the job? William Wanker. That's it. I thought that was cool. They had Monster Energy there. They had a video where they're going around giving out Monster. They had a party. Man, I have to give Dave. We give we give him a lot of we give him some crap here on the podcast. And he sent me a message and he sent me look at look and he goes shares me the the, uh, the trophies. I win. I was like, yeah, man, the trophies are badass. Uh, speaking of the trophies, that's pretty. What a up. great idea! I'm glad he had that idea of making trophies. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> no, but seriously, it was good. So, what I saw of the live stream was good. There was a lot of he sort of invested in the event itself. Yes. You know, screens and like making it more of a show. So I'm sure if you were there, it was more than just a club race, you know. So that's good. Yeah, those trophies are so trophies nice. instead of plaques. That's always good. But yeah. it's nice to see. It's nice to see. I hope this trend continues. Yeah, and also, um, it was so cute. Like I saw, you know. Obviously, I want to shout out to a few people. To you know, the Jared, the Oldmans that were with us at DNC, their son won Sportsman Buggy and and Nitro Buggy, which was happy for them. He got two big trophies. I saw another young kid. I think is Bryce's son. He won uh, Sportsman Truggy. The trophies are much bigger than him. By the way, Matt Owens did a great job with this. He's the guy who's going to build uh, the NNRC Cup trophies as well. Can't wait to see what he comes up with. <clears throat> and the atmosphere. Like I, I talked to people. People were happy. People after the last DNC were not very happy. I think uh, the whole cutting a, a qualifier away because they only did two qualifiers. And stuff that really pissed people off, and they got three qualifiers. You, obviously, people oh, I didn't have much sleep and stuff. That's normal for PMB, but it sounds like everybody had fun. They had like a social, all that type of stuff, and yeah, they stepped it up. They stepped it up. I I liked what they done. Okay, I'm not really big into the monsters and all that stuff, but that's Dave's thing. The only thing I want now is to get some behinds in their seats and 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 demand uh, these these manufacturers to bring more and make their, their drivers look more professional and stuff like that. Uh, and do factory, uh, factory roads. And I got to say this once, cause I got to piss off somebody pamphlets, 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 paper, 
explaining who the pros are and what's going on and stuff like that. I hope he does that. Do that, that on your phone. No, no. Paper, pamphlets. People want something they can take home. Trust That's me. That's trash. No, it's not. I still have my my nationals pamphlet and I love it and it's awesome. It's it's a it's a I'm just I'm just gonna say this again. Pamphlets. I'm trolling somebody right now. Yeah, kudos to those guys. Like I said, sounds like was fun. They handled that that 810 entries, which was amazing. They got out of there like at a decent time Sunday, like I think 10. And generally people had fun, you know? And I want to go back to this event again at one day. I w- I, gl- I would never race this event, but I, w- I like going to it. And I, I, I hope I hope he keeps it up because now, you know, Dave's thinking about capping Wicked Weekend and all that type of stuff. So, he, he, you know, I think Dave only hears like the bad stuff we say, but we always, I do give him credit. We do give him credit when he, when, when he does good things. This is what I like to see too. And I think this could speed up things with the transition between drivers. He should have an off-ramp. So you should go up one, one way, right? Go up one, to the driver's stand one way and down the other way. And that way, you ain't got a whole bunch of people waiting on the line. They can just go right off the stand, put like have a table and stuff where you can put your pit, your car and everything and go right out to your pit. That would, it does sound like something simple, but that would save so much time. So you have a way, you have the guys come up, you have the guys go on, put your, and that way on that side of the, the pits, you ain't gonna go talk to your pit guy. You ain't gonna do this. You ain't gonna go back to your pit. You put your car down there. You go right out to your marshal. That would speed things up a lot faster. So, yeah, get an off ramp for that driver stand. It would it would make a difference, I think. But man, I'm I, I'm I'm happy for him. I told Bobby, uh, congratulations. Like Joe is trying to say that Silver State is the indoor worlds, but I'm gonna be honest, man. Race time, they know what they're doing when it comes to indoor races, and they have a product that people like to go to. I don't know why he doesn't make a series out of his races. To be honest, he has five of them. Why can't he make a series? He doesn't like series. Oh, okay. I happen to love series. and One-off events. I guess, but he can do it, and it would be great if he did. And, yeah, I'm just trying to look for the vid- picture of him in his um, in his Riddler uniform. Man, just William Wanker. Riddler. All right, anyway, let's talk about uh, the NNRC Cup because this really affects the points and everything going into Silver State. If you guys aren't familiar what the NNRC Cup is, it's some crazy idea that I came up with. Actually, RCGP done it uh, in 2018, but nobody really paid attention to it. But it's like a virtual series using existing races. So here we have it right here. So one, first place gets 100 points, and TQ gets three points. So... After DNC, we have Cav with a 62, because I believe he finished in... Hold on, I have it right here. Cav finished in sixth at DNC, so that gave him 62 points, and he came up, and then he came third, so it's 82. So he's in 144 points. He's, in a, he's got a 14-point lead over Tebow, who's at 130. And Jones is also at 130, so they're kind of tied for second. But I think Jones actually wins this with a better result. He should be in front. Tanner Denny's in, in fourth at 127. Tessman, biggest, biggest mover of all these guys. After only scoring 14 points at DNC, he TQs and wins, and that gives him 103 points, 117 points. So he's back in the hunt. Ogden, yeah, well, he got a 14 at this race too. So 90 and a 14. Fend. 102 points. Mayfield, even though he didn't attend this race, he's still in the hunt. He has a zero 
But if he goes to Silver State and the Nationals and he can win both those races, he can potentially win this 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 NNRC Cup. And then we have Drake in. Is 90- it? Uh- do you drop any or it's four out no, of four? No, I, I ain't dropping because I put I put it to a vote with the patrons and they said no drops. They make this real. And they didn't even want TQ points. But I'm like, I want to make TQ worth something. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, worth it's more possible, than, I guess. Worth more than it's just good when, when it's done. Yeah. But I mean, we, this this goes down to we ranked the to the top thirty. You can go to uh House of RC and check out more of their rankings. But we know we're just talking about the top ten right now and how DNC and PNB affected. Now this is this is all like virtual and just kind of trying to show people how cool it would be to follow this if this was a series, an actual series, where people get points on the you know for where they finish and whatnot like that, like other motorsports. So it's just something for fun. The winner is gonna get is not gonna get, but he's gonna get a little trophy and he's gonna get his name on this big hopefully 35-inch trophy that Matt Owens is going to make for me. It's going to be badass. And I can't wait. So what do you think about this, Joseph? What do you think about the NNRC Cup, the points, and all that type of stuff? Hello? Well, I mean, what do you think I think? Well, I think you like this type of stuff. But um, you, oh, yeah. you're I gonna... think I was somewhat invo- involved in this yeah, happening. I, well, well, you can, <laughs> yeah, I think it's good. I think people can it get gives into us this. something to talk about, especially if these people now go to all these races. Yeah. So, and then the nationals to finish it off, like, and hopefully I'll be at both of these races and be able to present the person with the trophy, take it back because they don't get to keep it. But um, they just get their name on it. No, just get their name. Uh, on they it. should be. They should keep it for a year. Well, it's going to be like thirty. Standing cup. Well, maybe, maybe I might do that, but they would have to get it back to me somehow. So maybe we might do that. Maybe we might do that, but then I might not get it, have a get it back because it's going to be pretty big. <clears throat> um, I don't know, man. I just think it's fun. The point of this is to show people that a series can be done in RC, and it would be better if, like, actual people, companies committed to an actual series like RCGP. But uh, this is the NNRC Cup, and this can go anywhere, really. It doesn't have to stay in America. It could go to Europe. Maybe we have an NNRC Europe. I don't know. We're just having fun right now. Just something to talk about. But if you guys want to see more, the point standings and how things work, go to, I'll have the link in the description of this podcast. Everything's on House of RC, and obviously it's pinned to the top of our Facebook. And I assume you'll get this up on the website here soon. But yeah, someone's going to get a big-ass trophy and uh, and their name, well, get their name engraved on the first NNRC Cup, and I think it's going to be awesome. Joseph, anything else to add about PMB before we move on to some BTRC bench racing Q&A questions? I guess not. All right. Well, you know what, Joseph? Thank you. Uh, once again, congratulations to Ty Tasman, Spencer Rifkin, everybody that uh, podiumed and had fun at PMB. Congratulations to Dave, Bobby, and the ra- race time crew and track masters crew. You guys knocked it out of the park. Keep up the good work. Keep, keep striving to improve. That's what I like to see. Striving to do things different. Striving to do things better and improving. So I see little things like that and it makes a difference. And, and I, I think that's great. So congratulations to, the, to them and everybody to have fun. It's now time for the Beach RC Bench Racing Q&A. 
beachrc.com. The Racers one-stop online hobby shop. Choose from all the popular brands and variety in stock with super fast shipping and great customer service. Beachrc.com still has the local hobby shop feel with all the benefits of the internet. Beachrc.com is the exclusive distributor for Ultimate Racing, JQ Racing, Pro Circuit Racing Tires, Nitro Lux Fuels, and Assault RC Performance Products. So, fill up your cart and check out at BeachRC.com today. Yes, thank you, BeachRC, for the continued support. They were at uh, PMB. Lucas had the white rail up there doing big things. I think they might be going, I don't know, if, but they're definitely a sponsor of the Nationals, definitely a sponsor of uh, Silver State. Brent and Lucas uh, doing good things. It's a brick-and-mortar hobby shop with a track and everything. I think they're just hitting, you know, hitting the ball out of the park. They're super busy, uber busy. We have an affiliate link. If you can use that, go show them some love. It shows the podcast some love. The link is in the written description of this podcast. Joseph, I need your attention. Stop reading. I can see in your glasses what you're reading. So, Joseph, our first question comes from Benjamin James, who actually poised the question about a series, and that's where the whole idea came across for the NNRC Cup. But he asks, people have sometimes mentioned the thought of RC on television. What would it take to be able to to get RC racing on television and what classes would be the best fit? I'll save my thoughts for the hotline, but I want it yours. Well, you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Nitro. And I'm going to say, we just don't have a product. Well, we do. We do have one product, but everybody shuns it. But as RC racing as we do now is not spectator friendly. I mean, I, we can go on a whole rant how we don't even know who professional guys are at races. And, you know, even from talking to Matt and what they did with uh, RCGP, how hard it was to get racers to comply and do things different and show up for interviews on time and be here and be all that type of stuff. Uh, we have to create a product and we have to make it exciting and it has to has charisma. I mean, they had... I, I, on the last podcast, I talked about uh, speed cubing, Joseph, like Rubik's Cube competitions. I saw it on Netflix. Well, they had a documentary in there, and there was a whole, you know, they talked about this kid who had autism, who was really good against this Australian guy. We don't have that in RC. You know, we have no storylines. We have nothing because we don't have any series, anything to go by. We just have races that mean nothing. I mean, they mean, obviously, if you win them, they mean something, but we don't have a series of races where it determines a champion. We don't have any charisma. We, you know, a lot of things. We qualify for three days, you know, so lots of things. What's your thoughts on that, Joseph? Yeah, I think that for people to watch this on TV, it needs to be the s slowest form of racing, basically, and biggest cars. So fifth scale sucks. We're not interested in that. So eight scale and maybe eight scale nitro, off-road could be the one or if it's on-road it would need to be something where the cars are a bit slower because fifth scale they're too fast really i think it would have to be they just, scale. They just oh, it's too fast and also another thing is the racing format would be have to, it would have to be different and more exciting you know shorter races more heads up racing um the cars would have to be more distinct so you know that orange car is this person and that green car is this person not like a smudge of red for identical looking cars. No one knows who is who. So there are many, many things like this that would need to change for it to work on TV. But also I think that being on TV isn't relevant these days. It really isn't. 
many YouTube channels get better views than uh, legit shows on cable news channels, for example, or on TV channels. So TV isn't some holy grail. What we need is just well-produced and thought-out content that we can share ourselves everywhere, on social media, on YouTube. That's enough. You don't need TV. We just need, um, well, like RCGP has started doing, uh, a product like that, which is consistent. You can tell the stories of the individuals that are involved because then people will start caring about the racing and caring about the people. So you learn to know that people who are involved, the drivers, maybe even if there's a character as a mechanic, you learn to know that person or team owner or whatever. So there's some backstory. Mm -hmm. People know who's involved. Then the racing format is one that is exciting to watch. So it's not one hour of cars randomly going around the track. It's exciting. And also you can identify the cars easily so you know who is who. And then when you package that with good sort of post-produced content before, after, during, make it into a show, it's 30 minutes, it's 45 minutes, one hour, whatever it is, and you have that consistently over a period of time. So let's say a season lasts for a few months, six months, eight months, whatever, consistent content. And then next year, consistent content again, same characters. You, if you keep doing that, yeah, then it can work. Then it's a product. It's the window through which new people can see this hobby as more than just a hobby. Like it can be a sport too. I, I personally think we should be trying That's to get how this. how it works. On, yeah, I personally think we should be trying to get this on Netflix. Like well, I don't see how Driven can be on Netflix. If they can have speed Rubik cubes and make a storyline out of that, then Driven should be on Netflix. Yeah, of course, but it's not that easy. I know it's not. There's that easy. a lot of things that should be on Netflix. Yeah, but I mean, people chasing. But it, most people just think like, "Hey, just put DNC on TV." No, but that and wouldn't work. It, no, it wouldn't be awesome. You have to be mentally challenged to sit and watch a blurry screen with bl- blobs going around for that. That explains a lot. Sixteen hours a day. Myself. You do. Let's no, face I know. It. I'm mentally most challenged to do that. So you need to put out a good product that gets people hooked. And we don't really have that yet. Yeah, we don't even know who professional guys are. In fact, we're going to talk about that uh, in the thought of the day. Yeah, the best, even though I'm involved, it's just the truth. The, the best product right now for that is RCGP. That's just how it is. And if people realized this and supported it, then that could be the thing. The thing is that the thing that annoys me maybe the most in this industry is how I I think it's in everything, really, not just this industry. It's just that I'm involved in this, so I see it. But it's how too many people think too selfishly and greedily in a sense that there's an option of doing two things. Option A, uh, we're not going to do that because it does help us, but it helps someone else also, and that's not good. So we're going to do option B, which only helps us. Or even better, if it helps us and maybe it's worse for someone else. Mm-hmm. That's actually the best. Like that way of thinking. And I don't care. You can hate me or dislike me or whatever. But you cannot say that I think like that or I act like that. 
I may talk shit or do, you know, m- make jokes about other brands or companies or people or at their expense. I joke about myself too. But if you look at the projects I'm involved in and the things I do, uh, wrote a book, Invisible Speed, helps everyone, regardless of car you race. RCGP, evolved in starting that, helps everyone. Podcast. Right? YouTube channel. Podcast, who does that help? Everyone. Look at the sponsors on here. You know, are we discriminating? The subjects we talk to, the guests that come on, it helps everyone in general. Mm-hmm. YouTube channel. Which, oh, by the way, talk about which everything you, you reached 10K, and so now everyone. you got to race Kyosho Masters. Yeah, yeah, but they moved it to next year, oh, so okay. 2022. <laughs> but that's my point is that if more people realize this, like, hey, if we choose to do the option that helps us but also helps the industry as a whole, then we'll be in a better place, all of us together. Mm-hmm. So if there can be one thing in this small industry that could be on Netflix or could reach a larger audience or could be the pinnacle of professional racing, then let's do that. Everyone needs to come together and do that. And it will eventually help all the other races too because there will be so many more people involved who want to go to those other races also. You know, yep. so it just, uh, yeah, it's just, just a bit annoying. Like people... not every race needs to be in a series. Not every race needs to run some new format. Mm-hmm. You know, there's room for everything and all kinds of different racing and the PMB that has 24 hours of practice. There's room for that. Yes. Here. But everything doesn't need to be the same, but let's try and do at least something different. Uh, yeah. So, something together, which can be bigger than what we have. I agree. I agree. Uh, people don't get it when I say we just don't have a product, but that's that's a good example. Justin Huglin, my Star Wars brother. How are you? The force is strong with you. Racing was great this weekend. There were some battles out there. Okay, here, here's my question. What is the prize in your point series? Well, you know what? I'm going to put this out to a vote. Should we let the winner of the NNRC Cup take the trophy home for a year? Will they mail it back? Or should we keep it and give them a plaque? Top three plaque. But yeah, the we we're kind of debating if I'm on defense. Should we let them take it for a year or not? No, so, so there should be one big trophy that is the one that everyone's name gets engraved on. Mm-hmm. And I guess if they want to, they could keep it for a year. But then there should also be another trophy that they get to keep. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Top three. I'm yeah. going to give top three trophies. But maybe yeah. just a cutout of what the actual trophy is going to be so they can put it on their wall, travel with it a little easier. But if they want oh, to take no, it Oh, no, no, no. Don't be cheap now. Trophy. Okay. It needs to be a trophy. That I'll get a get smaller version of what they what that is then. There we go. 12-inch version. There we go. Um, Something they can travel with. He says I should send them a demonic lollipop. Like, what a hey, man, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. That stuff was rough. Oof. Toe of Satan, man. All right. George Boost. Sorry, George, I'm butchering your name. George Bus- Busiotis. Hey, Keenan, does Manscaped sell stencils for to shave? Or, I don't know, man. Do you want a landing strip or something? <laughs> but he asked about Manscaped. He says, but seriously, looking at Ty's performance at PMB versus this year's DNC, what do you think was the determining factor in the performance gain? He was on fire at PMB. I think you touched on it pretty good, too. 24 hour practice, refocusing, getting ready. Revirginizing. 
You know it's true. <laughs> it ain't worked for you. I haven't been re-virginizing. Well, you did for at some point. An involuntary re-virginizing. It wasn't voluntary. Uh, Donnie B. Yeah, you know that. It was voluntary. <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah, I'm sure it was. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was voluntary, but you was it was involuntary because you're still trying. But uh, what is the favorite AKA, Donnie B. asked, what's the favorite AKA tire of the weekend, tire and compound? I don't know. I wasn't there. Did you hear anything, Joseph? No. All right. I don't know, Donnie. You're going to have to ask some of the AKA guys. Joe Zaire Jr. ran out of talent. What's up, Savage Joe? On the last episode, Max talked about his hatred of traction, comp traction compound. I'm willing to, to hazard, I guess it's because it's toxic. But you'll, be, you'll lose a second per lap if you don't use it. Use when it's warranted. My question is, has Max ever left a race where, ever left a race where traction compound is a must? I guess we can use this for you. Because Max, we talked about traction compound on the last podcast. Yeah, I don't like it either. It's just an unnecessary additional complication. And they are poisonous, the good ones. <laughs> so it's just something that's unnecessary. And I always hate it when people say that, well, we can't control for it, so we allow it. I mean, that's just the dumbest attitude ever. So if you don't allow it, then far less people will use it. And probably, like, if you do it properly, then no one will use it. At least not someone who has something to lose. You know, so... Is there a the safe alternative saying, for like, it? You know what? Rape and murder, we just can't police it. You know, people get raped and murdered all the time. So we're just going to allow it. It's the exact same way of thinking. Well, we don't allow it, do we? Because we can accept that rape, raping and murdering and pillaging is wrong and it's bad. So we don't allow that. Even though some people rape, pillage and murder, right? I'm not about pillaging still, anymore, we, much anymore. Yeah, but we still make that illegal. It's wrong. You can't do that. If you get caught, you get punished. Same thing. We should do that for all kinds of all forms of additive. Well, I think what if, make, what if you if make what if you make or you get punished? I think That's we should it. make eco ecologically safe traction compound. Why not? Why can't we do that? Just fucking forget the traction compound. If it's loose, then race on a loose track and adjust your car. Would, That's how it should be. I would disagree with you. But Why I, would you disagree with that? Because it's just like. How are you supposed to police that stuff? How are you supposed to police it? Tell me how you How do you police it? that people don't rape and murder? How do you police that? Dude, at Neo Buggy, he had the, the source police. Do you think people didn't race it? Do you think that guy could honestly go around and sniff tires and feel tires and know what's sourced and not sourced? The fact that it's not allowed and there is source police means that 0.1% of people sourced. Or you can be like, well, anchor. Yeah. I'm at the Euro Assassin. Yeah, and what happened? He was disqualified. He was disqualified. There you go. All right. All right. Geoff Rani RC. What's up, G Spec? He says, should there be a time limit? Uh, sorry, a tire limit similar to F1 for bigger races to help keep participant costs down? Well, I know I know a race that did do that, but I'm not gonna say it. For costs. So it to control tire costs, in my opinion. The only way is to come up with some sort of tire rule. Um, or control tire. And if it's control tire, then you also would have to limit the quantity. Mm. Because if you only have control 
it doesn't solve the problem because then if a new set is faster, then someone can just buy a new set for every run. I know. No, that's not good either. So if it's control tire, then uh, it oh. needs to be, the quantity needs to be controlled too. Maybe the cheapest possible form is that you only limit the quantity, but people can choose what tire they run. But then the problem with that is then people don't feel that it's fast. Maybe someone picked one. Oh, this doesn't work. It's not so good now. And someone else has a better tire, you know, so you can never please everyone. So for simplicity, in my opinion, for smaller races, races that people don't travel to, the best option is most likely just leaving it free for eight scale off-road at least mm -hmm. because people can run whatever they have run what you brung and it's for our tracks that we race on it's not really that big of a deal there are so many different tires that can work and they tend to last long enough like you don't you don't need to put new tires on every run this is now eight scale off-road 10 scale it's a bit different their their tires are more critical and well, how did we, how i don't know did RC2 tire rule work. You had the control tire and you had a limited, yeah, and it was a set per day, correct? Yeah, so with RC2, the thing is that that's a bigger race that people travel to. So I, I definitely think if you want to control costs then for that kind of race, where you know that people are flying in internationally, nationally, but people are traveling mm -hmm. to go to the race, then the best option, in my opinion, is a control tire because everyone knows what to run, you make it afford affordable for them. There's a limit on how many. You don't need to bring extra bags of tires. You don't need to buy a bunch of tires in case they work. That's really the best best way to do a race like that. I agree. I agree. I, I'm all for control tire. Or even having a control tire class maybe at one of these races. You know, make, make I don't know. They, I think they did it up in the Pacific Northwest. I think... In American races, it should be so that the pro class is open and then the non-pro class has a control tire, for example, because that would, that would in the long run be cheaper for the people in the non-pro class. And the people who would cry about that are probably people who are sponsored. So, Which is know. everybody. <laughs> they shouldn't really be running that class if they are sponsored. Well, right? to be honest, I mean, what was the tire cost at, the at RCGT was forty bucks in America, right? For a set of four pre-glutes. I think so. Yeah. Pre-glute, yeah. That's not bad. And like I said, most people I think use two for the entire weekend. You know? Yeah. So yeah. Two sets of tires. Two sets of freaking tires. And all that runtime. That's amazing. Amazing. Actually, that's all the questions we have for this week, Josie. Pretty Okay, so questions. are we done? No, we gotta we gotta do our we do have a rant this week, but we do have to do the uh SCRC uh dawn and quiet segment so you know what thank you everybody for sending in questions for the beach rc bench racing q a we greatly appreciate it thank you beach rc for your support remember people showing the beach rc some love shows the podcast some love click that affiliate link if you can it's now time to go on to scrc dawn and quiet segment Sunset University Raceway, the home of El Paso's world-famous motocross-inspired eight-scale off-road track. 
it showers family has over 20 years' experience creating one of the premier tracks in the USA. Their world-class facility has everything. Handicap accessibility, covered beds, gate starts, space for parking RVs, trailers, and lights for night racing. Follow SDRC on Facebook under Sun City RC Raceway for updates, upcoming races, or host your own race. And thank you to Sun City RC Raceway, the Shawas family, Joey. That's your f- best friend right there, Joseph. Two Joeys. Never Plus, heard of him. Yes, you, huh? <laughs> what? Never heard of him. <laughs> we got to get that picture <laughs> where he's flipping you the bird. But I, I really love the Shawas family. Shout out to Joey, Christian, and Corbin. Thank you guys for the support. If you are in the El Paso area, go give them a check because it is an awesome facility. So this week on the Sun City RC Raceway, down and quiet, segment joseph i'm gonna touch on something that you did a few weeks ago on the podcast which and on your and on your youtube channel which was about image and professionalism so i saw something from pmb this week that i really i really liked and it's good to get different people with different younger people with different minds into into positions where we can affect change but i'm gonna add this and it's something as simple as this it's something as simple as this is kyle neary the ginger ninja is also uh, he he's like a, a DJ and all this stuff. So, and he's also into the motocross stuff. And he, he uh, he's DJed with some of the biggest DJs in the world. And he's been the guy that's following Kolaron uh, and doing his videos for him. You know, and I've always said that Cole should f- embrace that Southern cowboy type of look. But I just want to talk about these shirts. Yes, yes, JQ Racing has made good. Nice shirts for many years. I, I see your point. But it's good to see things like this. I really like these shirts. They are, I was talking to Kyle. He says they come from HK Army, which is, um, they do paintball shirts, esports shirts. This is what it reminds me of, esports. This is what esports looks like. Okay, I don't know if I would personally wear a shirt like this, but I like them. I like Cole's shirt. I like his shirt. Why aren't all, why aren't we making, why aren't these companies making their drivers look like this? Or at least somewhat professional, because I think this is great. This uh, the only thing that was kind of bad was that it was cold, so Cole couldn't really wear his shirt on the driver stand. But I like this idea, and and uh, yeah, I'm. T- I mean, look, I'm wearing a black t-shirt. We always wear black t-shirts. I know things get dirty, but look at this shirt. It's comfortable. It's light. It's colorful. It's it's like it makes you look at this person and say that guy must be a professional of some sort. Imagine wearing this through the airport, like people would like. Stop and ask you for your autograph. So, image, Joseph. You're right. People will stop and ask if you have autism. <laughs> wow, people do that to you, literally. Uh, people do that after watching you for five minutes. So, something's definitely up. But I like this. I like this forward-thinking image. Well, we got Cole with the mullet, his long hair and beard, and you know he's he's wild. He's the wild guy, and. He's got a he's got a shirt and he rocked it and I just don't see why we can't have more pros. Okay, the only thing I would add is maybe wear some some proper trousers or something, but you know blue jeans work. I always wonder too. You always insisted that we have to wear black sh- black pants and all that type of stuff, but I like this and I think we need to see more of this. What do you think? I know what you think. Hello. Yeah, I've already covered this so many times. But this is just something simple, man. Something simple. And let's be honest. If a spectator came into this race and so and, and it's matching his body too. I just noticed that. Oh, that's that's really badass. 
I didn't realize he. How that? did you just notice that? Because I just, I've just saw that he changed his his. I just noticed it. I was kind of blending into the man. I need glasses to be honest. Um, but I think this is great. If you're so lost. If a if a spectator came in and saw this, I think they would go up to these guys and think they're professionals, and go talk to them. They'll go talk to these guys before they go talk to some of these other guys in their hoodies and stuff like that. I would think. So just a little thing for the dawn and quiet segment this week. Uh, this this little things like this make a difference. Little things like this. In fact, I want to find out how I can get shirts made for my trip like this. Maybe not as as bright as this, but definitely the material, the style. I like it. I like it. I can't say that I haven't done that. I got my JQ shirt up her. But here's something for people to think. Like, this is what we should do. Do you have any more pictures to add? Yeah. See? What's the difference? Yeah, here? see it. Let's, let's, let's bring it up. Let's go over this in case someone hasn't seen it already. Just easy. Okay. What what looks better? If we really want to be on TV, like someone said. Okay, mm-hmm. this. Burn these images into your memory. This is normal. This is This is us. This is who we are normally. Trash can, big mess. Look at that. Who's this? Does he fly fly drones professionally? Well, that's and that, and this. Wow, well, I have lots. Do, of do you see the difference? Do you, do you see a difference here in the presentation? Small thing, but I mean, it's look. Look at that. You see a difference? Well, of course. Treat it professionally and big, and people will take it professionally and big. Yeah. Little things, little things. I like that. Um, I like the shirts. I saw that. I like it. And I just thought I had to talk about it. And that's it. Nothing really else to say about that. Man. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Anyway, Joseph, anything to add to that before we go on? Because I'm going to. We're going to go into the techno main interview of Jack Barker of Endgame BattleBots 2020 champion. We're done. All righty. I'll see you in a month. See you later. Techno RC. Techno RC. Techno RC is a premium manufacturer specializing in 8th and 10th scale high performance off-road RC buggies and trucks. Visit www.technorc.com for a complete catalog of their products. Techno RC. Excellence in engineering. Hashtag Techno Takeover. So as you guys know, on the No Name RC podcast, we are into everything that is RC. Uh, so a few weeks ago, I was talking with the JQ Racing Canada guys, who is Chuck and Wade and Curtis and Jeff and all these crazy Canadians that I've gotten to know. They're really good guys. And they kept mentioning this guy, Jack Barker and BattleBots. And I was like, what are you guys talking about? Because apparently... This guy raced with them, but he's also the 2020 or 2021 BattleBots champion, I believe. So I said, look, I would like to talk to this guy. This stuff interests me. And Chuck set it up. So thank you, Chuck DeBellin. I appreciate that. And uh, welcome, Jack Barker, man. Welcome to the No Name RC podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah. So, all right, we, we got to start. Like, I am absolutely mm-hmm. new to this stuff, as I'm sure a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are as well. So let's just start out with you. Like, where are you from? Uh, Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Yeah, so I'm uh, originally from New Zealand. Um, so I grew up grew up in New Zealand and um, started racing, you know, radio control cars when I was six or seven. So I did that for three or four years until um, I was, you know, sort of in starting high school and then just kind of stopped that. Um, but yeah, um, kind of moved into to fighting robots as I was going through university and uh, ended up in Canada for a couple of years and ended up racing with the guys over there. So um, that's that's kind of how I got got into the sport again. Yeah. Uh, do you remember what your first RC car is? I always like to know that. It was a. Uh, I think it was HPI Sprint. Um, okay. Racing indoors. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, the first one. I think there's two of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So just an old school one. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, funny enough, we have a pretty big following of the podcast now in New Zealand. Uh, Mark Johnson is one of our JQ dealers, so I'm pretty familiar. If they just had a nationals there too, it was a really beautiful track and um, it's just cool. Uh, I want to go there one day. It's a beautiful country and I hope to visit there one day. They're in Australia. I want to go. So that's pretty cool. Did you do any racing when you was younger or was just bashing and having fun? Yeah, when I was younger, um, I did race. Uh, we had an indoor club in Auckland. We still do actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of go a six-year-old, you know, going over the barriers and, and smashing into everyone. So that was me for a couple of years. Um, it was good fun. Yeah. Okay. Um, my brother used to do it as well. So it was a little bit of a family thing. Dad would come along and it was good. Yeah. It was yeah, good. Yeah. Mostly. It's it's pretty big there. Like I said, uh, my buddy Mark, he, he fills me in on there. You saw this track, man. It was beautiful. Very beautiful setting. Mm. So the mountains in the, in the out. I think it's blind, blind something. I can't remember the last. I, I should have <laughs> prepared for this, but I didn't. Um, so yeah, good stuff, man. So when did you kind of move to Canada then? And was did you go to university in Canada or how did that happen? Yeah, no, I went to university in Auckland. Um, so I'm, I'm a software engineer, so I, I write code for a living. Um, and I moved to Canada for work. Um, so I, I moved over there sort of the end of 2018. Okay. Um, and then after a year or so, I was doing fighting robot stuff. But to do that, the the sort of club is down in Seattle. There's no one in Vancouver. So I had to like travel a lot. Um, so when the pandemic sort of hit, I couldn't do that anymore. Um, and they weren't doing anything. And, and that's when I thought, you know, I think, you know, RC racing is going to be good fun. I should get back into that. Um, so that's when I picked up a secondhand car and then started to meet the Vancouver guys, which was awesome. Yeah. yeah. What are you racing? Touring car, correct? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, I, yeah, the first one I picked up was a uh, electric one tenth. So mm-hmm. I was uh, raced that for a couple of meetings and saw the nitro guys and thought that looks way too cool. So I had to uh, get started in that too. Yeah, so yeah. much to learn. Um, I feel like there's there's just so much to learn in nitro. Yeah. Well, you know, on this podcast, <laughs> nitro is the glory. So uh, e buggy pays the bills. So we're kind of pro nitro here because we think it's the number one class, and we're glad that you found the glory because it's awesome. <laughs> Uh, it's, yeah. I mean, but 10 scale touring cars really fast. Uh, we've had, um, mm-hmm. Bruno Coelho. He's a, he, he's done it. And I had a- Alexander Hagberg on there. He's been a world champion in it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's impressively fast. How, yeah. how fast 10 scale nitro is. Well, and then you go up to eight scale, which is just a whole nother level. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So mm-hmm. I am interested. We're going to talk more about your racing, uh, later on, mm-hmm. cause I want to see how it compares to battle bots, but man, I, I, this is completely new to me. Uh, I, okay, <laughs> you know good. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad new people are learning about it. So I think we yeah. should just go ahead and and mm-hmm. watch your final, which I, I found on YouTube, and um, you can kind of walk this through, walk me through this, because yeah, I think you yeah, guys have sure. everything that you that we want in 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 RC. You guys have it. 
Alright, here we go. So, in games the one that sat on blue with the big spinning thing on the front. So, um, what most people don't realize is how big these are. They're 250 pounds. So they're about, you know, a meter by a meter uh, in gamers. And that's a small one. Um, so it's, it's just an insane amount of energy when they're hitting things. Yeah. How heavy are these? Uh, so 250 pounds, so 113 kilograms, yeah. yeah. You, you demolished this guy. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so our, our, our weapon in the middle is 20 kilograms of uh, AR-500 steel, so it's like tank armor, um, and it's two inches thick. So that's the sort of scale you're looking at here. Yeah. Whiplash still alive though, Chris. They've got two weapons wow. left. Their lifter and the driving Oh, so you use the lifter to pivot gets. like that. It looks like. Um, actually, it's just the gyroscopic precision um, okay. from the weapon. Um, so every time we turn, the robot's going to try to flip itself over. So it's a bit of a constraint with the sort of design we have, yeah. Yeah. The giant nut hangs in the balance. Endgame trying to get underneath Whiplash there. Matt Vasquez yeah. won a lot. So Whiplash, the opponent here, they were very, very good the whole competition. So they were trying to get underneath people and flip them over and just control them the whole fight. Mm -hmm. So our main strategy for this was to just sort of make sure they weren't able to do that. So we had the long prongs out the front, kind of, everything's configurable on the robot. So okay. this was like a special configuration just for them, because um, we didn't want them to be able to get underneath us at all. Yeah. So what happens when you knock them out of bounds? That's it? That's it? Yeah, they're, they're allowed to climb back in, but they start the 10-second knockout countdown, and I think at that point they were pretty broken, so they weren't able to actually have any chance of getting back in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just want to yeah. show this. I mean, we have crowds here. We have a crowd. Mm -hmm. It looks like we have announcers, a team. Like, these are, I assume, other team, teams that got knocked out. Yeah. Unfortunately, this year we had to, the crowd was fully the other teams. Uh, okay. Normally there'd be a couple of thousand people watching. Um, so, uh, but this year, because of COVID, they had to kind of take that away and, and the teams had to fill in. So, yeah. So, what about these, these like, these, these obstacles or like, traps? Um, <laughs> well, I guess no well, that adds to the, the excitement, I guess, too, yeah. Yeah, the ones in the arena? Uh -huh. yeah. yeah, so, as you can see, there's the slots in the floor there's big saw blades that come up out of that if you're not careful um so they can do a bit of damage and the big screws on the side you can push people into there that can cut them up a little bit or get them stuck um you don't really see them much in this fight uh we don't really utilize them as much as other teams um we like to use the big spinning thing instead um but yeah there's also some i think they're 120 pounds the hammers that are in the corners so you definitely don't want to get hit by one of them yeah. i mean you're talking about a 250 pound piece of metal being tossed around like it's nothing by another piece yeah yeah, it's like it's it's undescribable. Like you got to see it in person. Eh? I think every time someone like sees one of these things in person, like wow, that is so much bigger than I thought it was. And you know, now when they go and watch it and they see them flying through the air, it's, it's just it has so much more effect. Yeah. Wow, amazing, amazing. Nick. Yeah. So there you are, right there. What just? You got Kenny Florian. You got Kenny Florian announcing for this. Yeah, do you follow um, oh follow his stuff? I, use, I remember when he was in the Ultimate Fighter and all that stuff as well. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Where are these guys from? They always from? introduce him as a uh, former USC fighter. Dude, you look so young here. You look much younger here. I'm sorry. I uh, no, got no beard. Yeah. yeah. It was only six months ago, so. <laughs>
Incredible. Yeah. yeah. And who's this dude yeah. right here? So this is Nick. Uh, he's he's our team captain this year. So I I was team captain previously um, until I moved to Canada. Um, then he kind of took over the reins um, for this season because I was away. Yeah. So he's a mechatronics engineer. Yeah. Giant nut. Yeah. Now do you guys keep that or does it get passed on to somebody else? Yeah. Yeah. We we still have it. Um, there's one every year. So. Um, hoping to start a collection. <laughs> All right, man. That. If you guys are listening to this in audio, you should watch this on YouTube because, and then go find <laughs> out the battle bots because it's really, really cool. And man, it does not look mm. like those things are that big. Yeah, I think the the TV makes them look a lot smaller than they actually are. But um, if you imagine them sort of one point two meters wide, like um, you start to get a bit of a scale, and you know the weapon is two inches thick um, mm -hmm. and and twenty kilograms of steel. So yeah, that 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 big, that big. Yeah, a lot of energy in them. So mm -hmm. just curious, uh, how many mm -hmm. rounds, how many fights did it take to get to this final? So the final was our eighth fight. Mm -hmm. um, we had to do three sort of uh, preliminary fights. So sort of like the NFL, I think, and, and other sports, you have like a, a preseason and like a postseason. Okay. So uh, we, had, we had like three preseason fights where we'd fight um, – teams that the people making the show wanted us to fight um and if you win them you fight harder teams next time for example and then they at the end of that they rank everyone and the top 32 will go into the the main tournament yeah and and knock and knock out tournament to the final yeah so how long does the tournament take uh we filmed the whole thing in about two weeks okay. um oh, from the preliminary busy. rounds of the tournament yeah yeah i think uh so eight fights in two weeks and and the actual tournament itself was done um that was what four fights over like four days so Pretty much you, you get your robot smacked around and then you come back and then you just got to fix it straight away. Um, we're doing sort of 15 hour days. It's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. So you, yeah. you can change your weaponry and, and different stuff. So uh, do you guys use something else besides the spinny thing? Like I see some guys have hammers. Yeah. I've seen flamethrowers and I don't know if that's in this one, but. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so rules wise, there's, there's not really any rules about what you can change or can't change. Mm -hmm. Um, for us, our weapon is always the same. Uh, we have like two different weights of weapons though. We have a heavy one and a light one. So we run the light one when we need more armor. Mm -hmm. Um, and our main configuration is the front armor. So when we versing a big robot that's spinning horizontal, ho horizontally, like for example, tombstone, it's one of the most famous ones. Um, it's a big, huge horizontal spinner. Uh, we put a lot of armor on the front on a wedge and that's really heavy so like we swap little things out and we configure the robot but we like our team doesn't change the weapon there are mm -hmm. teams that do like change between a hammer and a spinner for example um but yeah we we think the spinner's uh the best so it looks to, to be change it. Yeah. And, and then just getting under them and flipping them over uh, what are the, what are some of the other crazy weapons that people use yeah so obviously we're in a class of vertical spinner, so our, we're spinning mm -hmm. steel upwards. Um, people spin them horizontally, spin the other way. Okay. Um, yeah, some people have big hammers, you know, saws that come down. Um, there's uh, a really good one uh, that made the top uh, top four this year, actually top eight, um, called Hydra. They're really cool. So they've got a big hydraulic flipper. So they um, have a hydraulic system in the robot that um, pressurizes and launches the robot into the air so they can throw a robot 13 14 feet in the air just by getting underneath them uh, which is it's absolutely insane to see yeah definitely recommend looking up some of their fights so yeah i mean th there's essentially no rules about what you can and can't do okay the only the only rules are 
are based around what makes good TV, right? right? So like you can't have an EMP because if the robots just die, then mm. that's no fun, you know? Um, and you can't have things like water because um, it fouls the arena. So, but aside from that, it's very like an open creative design field. So you can do whatever you like. Yeah. So mm-hmm. man, I have to ask, um, do, do you guys get paid to do this? Do you make money <laughs> off this? I'm sure you get asked um, that a lot. Yeah. I wish, I wish I could say we got paid to do it. Um, so the, the, there's some compensation from the show for sure. Um, so they'll ship all of our stuff. So we ship about, uh, 1900 pounds worth of gear okay. from New Zealand and they air freight it all across. So that's, you know, three robots worth of stuff, all our tools, basically anything we need to run the robot, they'll ship across for us. Um, and they'll get us there and pay for all our travel and accommodation and food while we're there. Um, but aside from that, the only sort of, um, conversation you'll get is from winning fights and that's even then i'm i'm, I'm not allowed to disclose how much you okay. win and stuff because no um it's part of our contract but um yeah it's it's not enough to to sustain a team okay um so it's, it's sort of like you know 10 percent of what you need to run a team for a year sort of thing um no are people doing side yeah. bets on the side and stuff like that i assume, <laughs> I assume they are um i don't know i haven't seen it definitely <laughs> in our team we're like uh, we, we don't really bet, but we, we kind of like have little wages against each other about who we think is going to win each fight. Um, cause we get to see it live. We, we don't have to wait till it comes out on TV. Right, um, right, right. so we're, we're, we're there watching it live. So we like, oh, we think this robot's going to win that. And then when it doesn't, you're like, oh, okay. You know, we learn from that. We learn from watching other people as well. So, um, I don't, I don't, I've never heard of anyone bidding money on it. Yeah. Dude, they just, hopefully had, that's the, that's the future. Yeah. Dude, they had this race, um, no prep drag racing is really big in RC right now. And they had a yeah. race called King of the Streets in Las Vegas about a month ago. And the winner mm-hmm. went home with 18K. Wow. Yeah. Dude, that's that's insane. Everybody yeah. paid a hundred yeah. bucks. And yeah. like people literally you was you if you lost, you was out. So that yeah. guy had yeah. a race. It just like, knocked out all the way, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's this is that's really yeah. big in, in my work, my genre of RC right now. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I gotta ask, all right, so how many people on your team? Is there a limit and, and what purpose does each person have? Yeah, well, uh, our team's got six people this year. Um, the, uh, I think the rules say you're allowed five, but everybody brings a little bit more than that. Um, so uh, I wouldn't want to push it too much further than that. So on our team, we've got uh, Nick, who I talked about before. He's our he's our captain. He does a lot of the design. Um, he's very very smart with mechanical engineering and, and manufacturing. So, and he also works for a company that has. Um, something like 17 half CNC mills that he can use to build these robots. So mm. he does heaps of the manufacturing. Um, and whereas, you know, w- without him, we'd, we'd be pretty stuck on the, on the manufacturing front. Okay. Um, and then I'm on the team, obviously. So I, I do driving and a lot of the strategy and, and design um, geometry and stuff for the front end um, is, is where I normally find myself these days. Um, also got my brother on the team. Mm. Um, he's, uh, he works, he's not so involved with the design and stuff, but he's very, very helpful when we're at the event and, and assembling things. So he's, his specialty was the weapon system. So between every fight, we pull the robot completely apart and we all have our own little specialty. So we strip every single bolt out. We look at it, make sure it's not bent and there's no cracks, um, completely right down to the ground. Um, wow. So his specialty was the weapon system. He'd take it away, completely strip it down and completely, like, I don't know if you've seen like, um, uh, top fuel drag racing, yes. like between yes. each, between each race, they come and strip the whole engine down and re- rebuild. It. It's the same thing with battle. Watch, so you got to completely rebuild everything in between. Yeah. How long is so that? Steve's, um, it depends. It'll take as much time as you've got. Okay. Um, so at, at, at most we'd have a day. Um, at least we might have four hours, but either way we'll, we'll completely pull it apart and get it back oh, together in that time. Okay. 
yeah yeah and then um, the other people a big, the team? it's a big job the other three people yeah um so we have shane who's an electronic specialist so he designs all our control systems so we do run um you're gonna laugh so hard at the electronics we run man um but we, we're running like on our drive system we're running like simon k i don't know if you if you know the firmware no, um anyway it's 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 like 10 years old, senseless, brushless sort okay. of stuff. Um, because we just find it's the most reliable way. Like we, we've, we've tried sensors on our brushless drive and, and the sensors can break and hits because there's so much shock, you know, right, we're right, recording right. over 200 G's when we hit someone. Mm-hmm. So we, we don't want anything fragile in there. So he's uh, very good at, at the electronics, um, sort of firmware, uh, redundancy and electronics and stuff like that. So he's, he's very good at that. Um, and then we have Emma and Devin, um, and, uh, more assembly role like Steve was. Um, so at the event before the event, um, sort of hands-on building and, and putting the robot back together. Yeah. So I, I saw some people have maybe two drivers or I saw mm-hmm. one, I, I think I saw another fight, by the way, their team's called Endgame. Uh, by the way, I forgot to say that. Uh, I saw follow one us on fo- Instagram. Yeah, but I will, <laughs> I will follow you on Instagram too. Um, I saw one one team you fought on a previous fight. They had pistol grips. It was a, a female mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. You guys seem to do everything off one control, I believe. Yeah. So we, we've actually got uh, one transmitter, but we hook in a, another, like, uh, it's a VIX controller. So it's kind of like a, an Xbox controller. Mm-hmm. So we, we've wired the potentiometers from that up to the actual transmitter. Um, so I'll, I'll drive with the sort of Xbox sort of style controller, the actual wheels and stuff. Um, and then Nick, the the captain will do the weapon. So um, he'll be, we, it's quite complicated um, because we have things like we can turn one weapon motor off and switch between them for if they get too hot or one breaks. So he's doing that sort of stuff. And I don't need to think about that. I just know the weapon's going to be running and I just need to work out where the robot will go um, and, and the best positioning for it. So, okay. yeah. So we do split the, the, the jobs. Yeah. So you guys obviously have to practice somewhat somehow for this, right? <laughs> Uh, a little bit, yeah, okay. yeah. It's very, very hard. Yeah, I would, I would mm-hmm. assume so. How many channels <laughs> are we talking about here? Um, servers, motors, um, batteries, all this yeah. type of stuff. So we have four drive motors, all on separate channels. Okay. Um, and then our our two weapon motors again on separate channels. So that's up to six. Um, and then we have our self riding arm. So that's the seventh channel. Um, that being said, we have seven channels, but we have fourteen receivers. So each. Each motor and ESC has two receivers on it for redundancy. So we can one one of the receivers can die and it'll switch across automatically. Um, and we also it's all isolated power systems. So every single one has its own battery. It's all separated. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? That's a lot yeah. of electronics. <laughs> what servers and receivers? Yeah. What are you guys using mostly? Like what type of stuff? Um I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, I'd have to check with Shane, but I'm pretty sure we're running uh, the FR Sky sort of receivers. Okay. Um, and yeah, um, and and he's he's got the special little board um, that takes two receivers um, and does switching between them. So whichever one has like the latest uh, update, mm-hmm. we'll use that. So it means if if one has a better signal than the other, or if one fails, um, then then we don't actually lose any functionality on the robot. And luckily this year we had one failure, so it did save us in one fight. Yeah. How about batteries? What are you using for batteries for this? Uh, lithium, lithium batteries. So we have our drive batteries. Uh, well, all of our batteries are supplied by Max Amps. Um, oh, okay. Not our sponsor. Hopefully, they will be one day. Um, but they should be. Uh, yeah, they should be. Um, <laughs> would like them to be. Um, but yeah, we we find the Max Amp batteries are great. Like they can catch fire and continue running. Like that's what? that's the main thing we want from our stuff. Like how, we how don't care do if they're on use? fire. 
We we have one for each drive motor, okay. so that's thirteen hundred milliamp ten S. Um, and then our our weapon one is uh, it's ten thousand milliamp twelve S. So that's that's that's, that's how. That's a lot. Big we're running. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of battery. Yeah. 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 <laughs> What's up with you guys? Um, you guys that really um, <laughs> Tim Smith, he's really big in in the drag world. He's he used to work for yeah. them or, or not work oh, okay. for them, but he's mm-hmm. very much sponsored by them. And their batteries aren't yeah. cheap either. So they're really good batteries no. though. They're good batteries, and they, and they will do custom shapes for us. So um, when we got to fit them in a tight spot, they'll jimmy the cells around and stuff like that. So all of our batteries are sort of custom shapes as well, uh, which is which is good. Yeah, I mean they're a good company, even though they don't sponsor us. I'd recommend them, you know. So <laughs> I mean, but you guys have to have some sort of sponsorship to do this from companies. Yeah, yeah. Um, to, for some context, it costs us about forty eight thousand. USD a year to run um, our team. That's how much we spent last year. So um, we do have some sponsors, like the University of Auckland sponsors us. They mm-hmm. give us some money and, and some uh, support, um, as well as uh, a couple of engineering companies in New Zealand, Tunnel and Civil, Steel Masters. So uh, without them, we would be absolutely dead in the water. You know, we can't afford to, to shell that out every year, unfortunately. Um, but that being said, I mean, we still have a lot of it that isn't covered. So right, we're always right. looking for more. <laughs> oh, no, no. You, yeah. I, I mean, you shouldn't even be paying for bad. As, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, you guys are yeah. getting this on mm-hmm. television. I mean, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you have you're getting this on television. You have charisma. You have everything that I want in in RC <laughs> racing. So yeah. let's go, Max Sam's Sponsor these guys. Um, what about okay? Well, how does how does one is there a a, a template for these v, for these robots or do, is it just like for, some for like getting genes? started or? Yeah. Yeah. Like, how would I want to get started? Do, I mean, I don't. Yeah. You know, but this is way above <laughs> my did, yeah. way above my mm-hmm. my pay scale. But I I would love uh, to drive one. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess how um, does one build a bot like this? Like, where does it start? Yeah. So normally, um, people will start sort of in smaller robots. So the ones on the TV show are 250 pounds. They're real big. They take a lot of money, a lot of effort, um, and you really need to have some experience to mm. to get one of them to work because um, nothing is plug and play. Nothing works okay. off the shelf. So most people will start sort of in the three pound class. Um, so a lot smaller. Um, so you can find events like that pretty much most cities will have them. You know, Toronto has them, Seattle has them, Boston has them, really? Auckland has them. So that's but that's really where most people get started. Mm-hmm. So, and you can learn a lot of. Um, I mean, if people are coming from RC, then they'll know a lot of the okay. skills already because you know soldering and stuff like that you know um but a a lot of the manufacturing and electronic skills are transferable between the different classes so it's a lot cheaper to get started on the small scale um and there's there's some kits you can start with as well um but yeah and then then like a market like somewhere you can buy stuff and 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 people have to be producing parts and stuff like this for this yeah yeah i yeah for the smallest sort of scale mm-hmm. i think like finger tech robotics a canadian company um supply a lot of the world's sort of parts okay. um so they're real great um they supply motors and kits and and materials and stuff like that which are sort of the right sort of scale um but yeah so once people start building smaller ones they start kind of moving through the ranks like we have featherweight which is 30 pounds and then we have uh, I don't think there's any events for middleweights anymore. So mm-hmm. basically you go from the 30 pounds to the 250 pounds and it's always a big jump. Yeah. Yeah. And and you was telling me there's some sort of underground fight club or something for battle bots like that you have, you kind of cut your teeth on or, or something similar, like an underground battle bots. Um, or something like that. 
yeah I, I don't know if i call it underground right. but um i think that the local events are a bit bit underground it's not okay. the big production of BattleBots, yeah so like um you can pretty much find one anywhere like we've been to china to compete that was kind of underground um a bit different definitely not the same sort of production level as um or safety levels as um, oh, sure. battle was um, but it was a good, it was good fun like that was our kind of that was our first heavyweight we took over to china and we won that tournament which got us an invitation to BattleBots um, and kind of put us on the radar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess yeah. what, what do you need to do? I mean, obviously you guys have a bigger, like arena with plexiglass and, you know, in case mm-hmm. things go crazy, do these, I, I get, I get the underground ones aren't as safe as this, but like how would, uh, I, I've, I've seen the smaller ones as well. And, mm-hmm. um, I guess like for me, if I went to one of these underground, would it be like, would it be like, like underground fight club where everybody's run and it's a battle and there's no safety or is it like, no. is it like some <laughs> sort of organization? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's. I'd say it's very organized. Okay. Um, I don't think there's anybody out there doing it unsafe at the moment. Okay. Um, yeah, like um, for example, the arena that we fight the the three pound ones in New Zealand in, mm-hmm. um, that's surrounded by um, six mil polycarbonate, so okay. that's pretty strong. It's sort of yeah. bulletproof glass, you know. So I'd be very surprised if anything went wrong and and escaped that arena um, at the three pound level. You know, mm-hmm. you definitely wouldn't put anything bigger in it. So, and I think the the online community is generally very good at calling people out when they're doing something unsafe. Um, I'm sure. So I, I, it's, it annoys me a little bit because I think it stops new people getting into the sport. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I every day I'll see someone being like, yo, you need a, that the way you tested your robot was like unsafe, like you shouldn't be doing that. So I think the general consensus is, you know, safety first. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Yeah. These are big, like that, even at three ponds and flinging metal and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I could get it. I could get it. I can. Yeah. Do How yeah. big is this, dude? How many people are doing this worldwide? <laughs> That's a really, really good question. Um, I would love to know the answer. Um, okay. I, I mean, I know that we have a Facebook group called Combat Robotics that uh, a lot of the builders worldwide in, but I know there's so many that aren't as well. And we have about 10,000 people in that group. Okay. Um, so that's ranging people running sort of from one pound all the way up to the 250 pounds um, sort of scale. So there's, there's, a, there's thousands of people doing it. Um, and the sort of, yeah, the, the viewership for um, BattleBots is in the millions. So I think that's a lot higher than actually participation. Yeah. yeah. Is this streamed or is it on like mainstream television? It's, it's on Discovery Channel. Um, so you can catch it Thursday nights um, really? when it's on. Yeah, yeah. Well, you so, know, yeah. I've seen, th- like, this has been around for many years. It seems to come and go. Um, mm-hmm. For me, anyway, I've, that's what I, I've seen it. Oh, like, it, oh, it does cool. come and go, yeah. <laughs> like, how does mm-hmm. one does one just say, hey, I got all this leftover money, let's hire an ex-UFC guy, and, and, and I, we're all <laughs> nerds at the end of the day. We'll get a bunch of nerds, and we're yeah, going to make yeah. these, these, these mm-hmm. robot guys fight and make it awesome. Even have that guy, the announcer, he's, like, rhyming mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff, and... Yeah. How does, yeah, let, let's talk us through the, the production value of this. Yeah, yeah. So... BattleBots has been produced by the same people for since 2000, you know, for 20 years. So they did a five-year run in the 2000s, and then they did two years on ABC. Then they had a year off, and then they've done three years on Discovery Channel now. So they've bounced around a bit, but it's been the same people kind of pushing it the whole time. Um, So uh, for them, I think, like, they need a – for them to do it, it costs so much. They need backing of a TV company, um, you know, or someone like Netflix would be able to do it too. So with, without the, the TV show aspect, it just doesn't happen because it's so expensive. Right. Um, 
So, um, yeah, I, I think honestly, when they decided to do it on ABC, they went, you know, we've got this contract, we got this money, like, what are we going to do with it? And what's the best way to spend it? So, um, I think, you know, I love having Chris and Kenny, the commentators and Farouk, um, the ring announcer, like they just add so much to this, to the, to the show. Um, I agree. Like, I've, it's, it's totally different when you're watching it without their commentary. Yeah. So, um, I think they did so good getting them in, um, no. Yeah, yeah. Did they encourage you guys to be charismatic and maybe even have rivalries and stuff like that? <laughs> um, I think by nature, because they get to pick who is on the show, they right. pick people who are a little bit more charismatic um, okay. than than wouldn't be otherwise. Uh, they they don't like say like, "Hey, we want you to have a rivalry with this team." Um, but when that for example, they might use like two minutes of an interview, but you've done like an hour's worth of interview. So they can take bits and pieces and, and what they want and create a story around it. So uh, what you what you see on the show isn't always sort of what happened storyline-wise, but, you know, they make a good show, so I, we let them do it. Um, now, yeah. where were these teams from? You guys represented New Zealand, right? Mm-hmm. So where were the other teams yep. from, like roughly? Yeah. Yeah, we're from New Zealand. There was normally there'd be about twenty international teams, but this year there was only four. Okay. Um, so we had New Zealand, a team from Brazil, um, a team from the UK, and a team from Canada. So that was the four international ones. Everybody else was from the states. Um, a lot of teams in California, a lot of teams in Florida, and a lot of teams in sort of Boston. So that are like the three hubs. Really. Um, for BattleBots at the moment. Boston, yeah. Cali- well, California yeah. has always been a hub for everything cool. And yeah. Florida's yeah. like mm-hmm. the East Coast California with alligators and crazy snakes. And yeah. Everything that yeah. <laughs> In fact, I call Florida yeah, yeah. for Australia. Um, <laughs> and then Boston seems weird though. Um, it's Why is it so popular in Boston? You think? I think because MIT and, and WPI are there. Mm. So uh, there's like four or five teams that have kind of stemmed out of like the university clubs. Okay. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I think basically wherever these sort of uh, minds gather and, and people are into it, I mean, a lot of the teams come from universities, like the Florida ones as well. You know, they started doing this in university because um, it's a great sort of project and it's a great yes. thing to do with your your kind of students, you know. So um, I think there's quite a few schools doing it. And then from there, the people who are really into it kind of go on and create their own teams. So, yeah. So who's your biggest nemesis then in this in the, in the world? Who's, <laughs> who's the guys that – who are the top teams? Obviously, you guys are the champions, 2020 champions, right? Or not 2021. <laughs> Um, so who's, who's like, who's, who's next after you guys? Um, yeah, I think the, the 2019 champion wasn't there this year. Okay. So I think the whole, the whole internet wants us to face him on our first fight next year to see who really would have won 2020. Um, so that's bite force. Um, right. so bite force has won, um, four titles in its time. Um, well, the builder has, so he's very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's won the two years previous to 2020. So, um, he's a similar design to, to end game, uh, vertical spinner. Um, and he, like I was talking before about how we get underneath people to hit them and, and kind of do our damage. He kind of did that before anyone else. So he was getting underneath people. And then we kind of came this year with, cause we thought he was coming. We, we came with all our secrets this year. Like we were like, we're going to show up with all the stuff to beat bite force. Um, and and he wasn't there, so now he's seen all our secrets. So we need to think of some more ones before next year. So he, he'll where's be he from? In the off season, uh, he's from California. Okay, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. This was filmed yeah. where actually in New Zealand or in the states? Ah, uh, this was filmed in California, Long okay. Beach. Yeah. All right. So we we left our COVID safe haven to go 
five robots. So. I mean, I'm about, <laughs> about to go to in May. I'm about to travel to Vegas and then go uh, to yeah. California afterwards for a week. So mm-hmm. I'm, I love California, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is this is um, like I'm so amazed at this stuff. Um, and I'm glad I got to talk to you about it because now we know like the inside scoop on it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, like, do you think do you, do you think this could go mainstream, and do you think you guys can do this for a living, or 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 what? Yeah, I mean, I would I would absolutely love to if we could. Um, our our viewership is sort of matching sort of NASCAR, IndyCar sort of thing. So I think um, long term it would it, it is possible. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of restrictions placed on the teams though from the uh, production company about okay. who we can get to sponsor us and things like that. So I think maybe one day if, if we can get those sort of things lifted, we'll be able to get some more income and start have like sort of more professional teams. Um, but that is the dream. I think everybody doing it is kind of, that's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I think it's possible. Yeah. I, well, I would have to compare this to drones and mm-hmm. the popularity of drones being on ESPN and, and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. whatnot. A little bit different because it's just individual people flying. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's way, it needs way more space, you know, but it does <laughs> and it doesn't, but you know, they make it exciting, mm-hmm. but it seems like drones went really popular, really mainstream. Yeah. But then again, I guess mm-hmm. the ease of everybody can get a drone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it takes tinkering and skill to do, mm-hmm. to do this, what you're doing. It's, I would call this more like what we do in, in racing. Like it's hard. Like mm-hmm. racing's hard and it takes time and takes effort. It takes money. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and this is very similar, it seems to me. Yeah, I, I think that, yeah, you touched on a good point there. The, the trouble with going mainstream is that the accessibility, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sports are, are popular because every kid can go out and play the sport. Right. Um, and, and then they, they watch their heroes do it, you know? Um, so if we need to get to a point where the sort of local competitions are so accessible that people can just go out and do it. Um, and then, and then I think we can start building a, a bit of a gathering. Um, yeah. And, and it's to- you're totally right. It's very similar to RC racing. Um, like I think from what I learned, you know, in my short time racing, RC, you know, set up and stuff is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and the engineering side of it is absolutely so important. Um, and that's definitely like, um, taking the engineering skills and, and actually like strategy and things like that is, is what make makes or breaks a robot. Yeah. Well, and, and racing's hard too. It takes practice. And, yeah. And, and you know, you can yeah. have all the best things in racing and it does, you still don't, might not have talent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Which, which I find a lot in, in our, in our community and in our industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, so let's say I wanted to get started with this. How much could I expect to spend on a three pound or like get into this one pound vehicle or like, I'm sure I'm sure yeah, there's kits yeah. out there that we can get and stuff like that. But what am I looking at here? Yeah. So if you wanted to get started, you'd be looking at um, and maybe the one pound class. If you want to start with a kit, um, I Fingertech has a, a Viper kit, which has been kind of the standard beginner kit for many years now. Um, so that runs you about four hundred dollars, and you'll get everything you need from motors, transmitters, receivers, you know, ESCs to get started. Um, and yeah, and that's a real, really basic sort of platform for you to get started on. Um, and there's a bit of weight left over, so you can add your own weapon and things like that. Um, and getting started in, in the beta weight class, um, there are kits available. Um, one of the the top kits is called the D2 kit. I absolutely hate them um because they're too good and you go to you go to an event and there's seven d2 kits and you have to beat all of them to win um but it's it's like a four-wheel drive wedge robot um okay and yeah uh, it's it's very very popular and and sort of newcomers and and the three pound class so that one runs you about eight hundred dollars to get started um it's it's still uh, relatively cheaper than 
It's girl reason. Like oh, eight sales just expensive. <laughs> well, tires and, and all that type of stuff. And, yeah, yeah. And whatnot, builders. Um, yeah. But it seems mm. like people can just go, like, now, say, now how hard is it for me to find a place to go do this? Yeah, really. I think it really depends on where you are okay. and if there's sort of a well-established sort of scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's a there's websites around that have all the local events. Um, I think combatroboticsevents.com has basically all the events in the world. So if you can find one there that's within, you know, an hour's drive, you're doing good. Um, and they're not every two weeks. Like when I was racing a touring car, we were racing every two weeks, sometimes every week, you know. Right. Um, it might be once every two months sort of thing. Like okay. it's, it's, it's harder to find events for sure. Um, but I think that's because of the, the sort of barrier to get to the event and, and, and entry. And often you have to rebuild things after and between events. So, yeah. No, leave time for that. Do you have to uh, do? Do you guys do like auto? I've always had this dream, right? Uh, for mm-hmm. RC racing, I wanna, I want to have like a factory row, and the guys like see how you guys got your uniforms and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where we get spectators in and people can you know come stop, see their cars. They can like I will always like like motocross. You know, you go and you sign. Mm-hmm. They sign paper, like sign a poster. Do you guys do yeah. stuff like that too? Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, previous years that when we had a crowd often after our fight, we'd go out and sort of meet people, take photos, you know, sign posters and things like that. Um, and when we go to smaller events, the same sort of thing happens. Um, especially, well, events in New Zealand, we always take in game, mm-hmm. uh, and events overseas. We always, we don't obviously don't take in game, but you know, people will come and say hello and stuff. Um, and then, uh, there's a big event for heavyweights in Florida. Um, and last year they did like a special VIP sort of night where they had all the BattleBots teams and people would come and you could like talk to them and, and stuff like that. So we do do have th- that sort of thing. Um, but I think everybody who's sort of at the top level of sport is also kind of in the grassroots of it as well. So you'll find all of us fighting the smaller robots, you know, in our, in the off season. So we're pretty yeah. approachable. Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. how many, how many times do you guys travel and fight like in a normal year, no COVID? Like, what are we looking at her for you? Uh, we, we'd go to, yeah, I think our sort of before COVID, we, we go to BattleBots every year um, for the, well, for a couple of years. We've only been doing this for four years. So okay. like the, the normal, we're still defining the normal. Um, and then we'd, we've been to China three times, um, Australia twice. So we'd, we'd travel two or three times a year for this. Um, you know, if, if a tournament wants us to come and, and they, they want to pay for us to come, we'll be there, okay. you know? Um, so we'll, we'll go. Um, and, and then we love going to Australia and beating up the Aussies. So we go there you as well. You guys definitely yeah. have beef. The New Zealand guys and the Aussies, definitely <laughs> some beef going on there. Um, oh yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So how about Europe, man? Is, is Europe not into this at all? Or I haven't oh, heard Europe, Europe is so into it. Okay. Um, so Europe, uh, they had like USA had uh, battle wars. Um, UK had robot wars back in the day. Mm. So that kind of kickstarted sort of the whole sort of worldwide scene. So the Europe scene's huge. Um, they run uh, basically the only place to fight the 250 pound robots in North America is battle bots or the, this little event in Florida, which happens once a year. Um, in in the UK and and in Europe, there's um, events that happen sort of every month for heavyweights. So, um, and, th- and that rolls around the country. It's sort of like a live show. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a lot of opportunity to fight robots over there. Um, and they're very good at it too. You know, they, all the robots over there are different because they have different 
arenas, different rules and stuff like that. So it's really cool to see them come to BattleBots and, and see how they sort of interact. Yeah. What, what, I was, no, you got me peaked. What makes their robots different from you guys? Um, so in, in, in the UK, they, because they have so many events, um, they have limits on how much power weapons can have, for example. Okay. So if we took Endgame over to the UK to compete, we would have to run it about a third power on the weapon um, just because, uh, A, for safety reasons, I don't mm. think the arena is quite up to the same standards as BattleBots, for example, um, and B, they don't want all the robots getting absolutely destroyed every time because they yeah. want them to come back in a month. So that kind of leans itself towards other designs like flipping robots, um, and the arenas are sort of have a lot of more out zones like BattleBots has got one or two, but the UK ones will, you can throw them out anywhere sort of thing. So okay. there's a lot of flippers that are very, very good at flipping over there um, and not so much spinning. So the sort of meta game is different depending on where you go. Yeah. Okay. Who's the top mm -hmm. European team then? Um, I'd say the, the Cobalt team would probably be the top guys. So they've won Robot Wars. They won a, a show in China as well. Um, and they've been to BattleBots and did very well. So that that good guys and they're great builders. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this kind of reminds me. Do you remember when UFC started back in the 90s? I, I don't know how old you are, but. Um, <laughs> Born 95. So. <laughs> okay. So like in the early 90s, they started out yeah. in UFC and they had like some karate guy versus a ju this guy and this different mm -hmm. art versus this guy was no holds barred. And then yeah. it kind of, you know, just mismatched. And then you had Royce Gracie that came in he was like jujitsu and he just, mm -hmm. this small guy beat all these guys. And then, you know, <laughs> eventually UFC turned into a mixed martial art. Yeah. So back when I kind of first saw this back in the day, like you said, this started in 2000. I remember seeing this. I just remember seeing crazy robots with these crazy designs and weapons and it seems like now it's streamlined, like like how UFC went from some guy who knew karate versus now MMA is an actual art. So many different type of mm -hmm. uh, forms of fighting, ground fighting, wrestling. Uh, you have you have to be well rounded, you know, to be like this. Mm -hmm. And it seems like this is the curve that that BattleBots is, is now. You guys know what works. You ain't gotta have something crazy and stuff like. That. I'm sure somebody will always evolve, mm -hmm. but I I mean. You guys are you're more mainstream than what, what I'm doing. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I think it's it's exciting. It's like gladiators. So people can get into that. And it's gladiators with, with radio control. And mm -hmm. I love anything radio control. So this is what gets me excited. What do you think the future holds for you guys? Um, what do you hope? What do you think? What do you want to see happen with, with what's going on? You guys are in a good spot right now. But it, it like you said, it can be a lot better yeah yeah so yeah it definitely has evolved over the last sort of 20 years man um like just the the amount of energy that things are stored now and and the sort of technology that people are using and the material material changes that have happened in the last 20 years have been absolutely insane so um i think it's it's all sort of leading edge stuff it's going to keep it's going to keep going um mm. we're going to see so basically if there's new materials out there there'll be a battle bots team using it if there's new motor technology out there there'll be a battle bots team trying to use it so um i'm so excited like we're the first team to win with brushless motors for example really? everybody else has, has used brush just because it's been so reliable in the mm. past and it takes so much effort to get sort of new stuff working so we're hoping we're leading the way there um but yeah, I'm I'm really hoping to see sort of the the tech that you know is being produced for RC racing, um, like you know the the efficiencies and stuff that people are coming up with. I'd love to see that kind of come across um, and implemented in, in in what we do as well. So yeah, I'd I'd love to 
what, what I really love about it is the engineering side and the sort of um, innovation side. I love to be doing new things. I hate mm. to be doing the same thing as other people. So um, I really hope that other teams are the same. So everybody's doing, you know, new stuff and, and learning things and being able to take those things elsewhere as well. Yeah. So what's next for Endgame here? Are we got any more, mm -hmm. do we have any more uh, matches coming up this year or how does this work? Yeah, so the whole of last season's one is finished airing. Uh, we don't have any more matches, unfortunately. Um, we are back home redesigning now. So every single part that we had last year, can't use again because it's all been damaged. So we'll be uh, completely redesigning, rebuilding again. The in-game that we bring to the next tournament will look very similar, but there'll be a lot of changes to it, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. So we'll be completely re restarting pretty much. Yeah. Where did Endgame come from? Who made up, who came with that name? Oh, I gave it the name. It's named oh, yeah. after the Taylor Swift song. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I I just think this is so cool. Do you do you embrace this a lot? Do you do you get into uh, like a different Jack Barker and become Jack Barker, the BattleBot guy? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I think I've always been into this sort of stuff. So it's sort of my sort of scene, you know, um, and and robots and RC stuff. So it's been good. Um, like I th I think the the. The me you see on TV is pretty close. Um, they like to take their liberties a little bit, but um, yeah, yeah. Do we? Do you have that one guy that is just like super obnoxious and or, like this is the type of guy I want in RC two. The guy who says he's gonna kick everybody's ass and and take names, no matter if he wins or loses. Do you have a character like that? We do. Um, Ray Billings from Tombstone. Okay. Um, he's like that on camera, but honestly, offline, he's like so lovely. So, yeah. but he's he's a fantastic villain um, online. Um, yeah. That's yeah. what we need, man. Um, yeah. Like wrestling. Yeah. You need a heel and you need a, a face. And oh, yeah. He's, def he's the heel. Yeah. He's the heel of the show for sure. People yeah. get invested in that. People get invested in it. Mm -hmm. So, hey, mm -hmm. I'm going to Vegas and California here in May. Uh, mm -hmm. Is there any place that I can go see any of this, you think, in that time? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a Vegas Robotics Club, uh, Vegas Combat Robotics. They'll probably be hosting events. They also have a, a heavyweight called Jackpot, which they ran last year at BattleBots. So maybe you could go go visit them and, and see what they're doing. Yeah, yeah I'm going to say, hey, Jack Barker sent me over here. He said, yeah, Endgame yeah. rules the world and come over here and say that to you guys. And um, Oh, do it, do it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to video it if I do Jeff. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nah, Jeff and I are, are, are good mates, so I'm, I'm sure I'd be happy to show you around if you wanted to have a look. Yeah, yeah and in California, so I'll be in SoCal, Long Beach area for a week mm -hmm, as well. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm really excited to see some of this in person or at least see one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, there's so many teams in California. So yeah. basically you can pick a battle bots team and that'll probably be in California. Well, yeah. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to, we're going to have to talk before I go. All right. Mm -hmm. um, RC racing. Let's touch on that real mm -hmm. quick. So you, you, what are you racing right now? Uh, do you, are you doing any racing there in New Zealand or is this just in Canada when you do it? Yeah, I've been, um, I've been down to the New Zealand, uh, nitro touring car track once. Um, mm -hmm. it's in a different city. So I got to fly down there. Uh, I went down just for a weekend. So that was awesome. Um, I'm still very, very new, so I'm learning a lot and, um, the guys in Canada were so helpful in getting me running. Um, the, you know, John, especially, um, you know, kind of took me under his wing and that was so, so nice of him. Um, I went down to kind of our track in Christchurch um, and the guys down there were lovely too. You know, I needed a bit of help on tuning different fuels and stuff. So they were, they were happy as to, to get me going. Um, just cause I think with, yeah, with natural, there's just so much to learn and so much to go wrong and, and you got to get everything just perfect, which is what I love about it. Like you get right. one thing wrong and then like the car 
runs like crap, right? So, um, yeah. What are you uh, driving so, yeah, right I, now? Uh, it's a uh, X-Ray okay. um, NT1. So, right. yeah, yeah. Now, um, how about the actual driving part of it? Are you good at it? Are you, you know, is no. it okay? So, is it harder than BattleBots, or what's the deal with that? Yeah, I think um, the difference in driving it's very sort of similar. Um, in in consistency is so important in RC racing, right? Like you make one mistake, it doesn't matter how fast you're going for the rest of the race. If you go off the track or something, like you you just lose all of that. So I think you know consistency transfers across them both. Um, something I'm not very good at in RC racing. I just want to go fast, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm trying to teach myself that a bit better. Um, and then and and fighting robots, same thing, you know, one mistake and your match can be over and your robots destroyed. So I think, you know, it's just staying cool and calm and, and being super consistent is, is the main thing between them. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think it's pretty cool that you even still, that you race, like you do, you do RC, mm-hmm. a whole different genre of RC that I never <laughs> even thought I'd be talking to somebody about, but we have to talk about this stuff because it all goes hand in hand. Like you have what we want and you have something that, and we have something that you guys want, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it's pretty, it's pretty amazing that that even happens. You know, you should check out some off-road racing. I should, I should get Mark <laughs> to get a hurl of you so you can check that out. I think you would fall yeah, in love with that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I've never given it a go, mm-hmm. um, but I know there's some tracks up in Auckland and maybe I'll go have to have to check them out. Yeah. Well, I'm going to send you the links to RCGP. Man, what people are doing with these cars in Please the do it. Yeah. is amazing. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you got people out here whipping, scrubbing, like, all this stuff yeah. in the air. It's, it's 3D, <laughs> truly. Um, it's pretty amazing. Man. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so when does the next season of BattleBots start? Uh, we're not sure yet. Uh, we generally don't get a new season until the last one's finished airing. And we only just finished airing a couple of weeks ago. So hopefully in the next month or so, we'll get a green light from Discovery again. Um, but, I mean, we're looking promising for August um, sort of time frame. August, nice. September, I think. We'll, we'll be filming it. So sort of later later in the year, hopefully it'll start airing. Yeah. So you guys will just be preparing your, your, your bot. Will you do any any matches between now and then, you think? or? Yeah, no, we won't be doing any practice. Um, there's no one to fight against in New Zealand anyway. Okay. Um, but also, we, we don't have an arena that's that's safe enough. So um, we'll be fighting big humps of steel and trying to break our break ourselves on that yeah. okay well that's well how do you practice that, that well how do you practice that at all yeah so Sorry. we go out to like an abandoned building site mm-hmm. uh, we take in-game out there uh we have a 130 kilogram block of steel um that we we put on the ground and then we go stand about 200 meters away <laughs> um and we push it around and spin the weapon up and hit it um and try and break it because you know if we can't hit something that's not trying to kill us mm-hmm. and not break, then there's no way we're going to beat another robot. So, um, as you'd be surprised at how often the block of steel beats us, you know, we really? learn so much just from doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think will be the next advancement? Can you see, uh, FPV coming into this at any time or anything like that? Ooh. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's in, in the current sort of, sort of um set up i don't think fpv is gonna gonna make a run um because you get such a good view just from where you are but i think if they wanted to do it they could do something really cool with it um like if you weren't actually able to see the arena from where you're driving from i think that would be awesome absolutely awesome um ai is coming in a little bit there's one robot that automatically fires its hammer when it's on target so that's really cool um little things like that yeah yeah it's, it's hard to say what the next big advancement will be though i wish i knew if i did i'd i'd be in on it yeah all right so no- 
you said you have a gyroscope or something like that in it. What what is that like a like are we talking about like a gyro? What we we think in RC, which helps you drive or how, or just keeps you balanced? Yeah, uh, I think what I mean by that is when the weapon's spinning so fast, mm. there's and you try to turn, there's the forces of it, like okay. on a bicycle trying to keep it up. So it, it makes the robot flip. Okay, yeah. so, so we don't we don't have any any gyroscope like you would in RC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we don't we don't have it either, but I know like. Mm-hmm. people like ready to runs come with it and stuff like that yeah so it's yeah. it's pretty mm-hmm. it, keep you driving straight right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i actually there's a big like there's a whole big we had a at last world they accused the, mm-hmm. the world champion he's from italy they accused yeah. him of running one they searched his car and all that oh stuff. really oh man it's mm-hmm. it's been a mess um but i actually think it goes against what rc drivers do because they do so many things that are counter counteractive to mm-hmm. going straight you know what i mean to make their yeah, cars go. yeah yeah so we and i mean if if you're the world champion you should be able to drive straight so oh man he's yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so but the way you send your car sometimes you don't it it would make it go the other way you know what i mean to try and write yeah, it so yeah. we actually mm-hmm, been mm-hmm. threatening to do some testing on this um mm-hmm. but i just think that this this young man is just extremely talented and he's one yeah, of the rare guys yeah. that actually use a stick radio because a lot of European guys use a stick. Oh, he radio. uses a stick, does he? Yeah, yeah. It's really yeah. it's the only the Europeans mm-hmm. and maybe like some of the Asian guys would use stick radios. But um, how would you go about testing that? Would you like do one person with a gyro, one without, and sort of well, see? Or yeah, like my like Joseph has been threatening to do a video of it and just see if it works. Um, yeah, but I just think like the way we drive these cars, like when you're whipping a Especially car, like, off road, right? Yeah, They're all over the place. Yeah, yeah, when you're whipping it like that. To to yeah. uh, to turn into that corner, it, the driver is mm-hmm. going to try and force you back that way. I think it's going to be counterproductive. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, we have to test. And it. you guys actually use the gyro forces to keep you level in the air. So, oh yeah, yeah, as like, well, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. you turn that way, you whip like mm-hmm. front brakes, acceleration, yeah. man. What mm-hmm. what they're doing with these yeah. cars and the there's a lot of stuff going on in the air. Yeah, guys <laughs> are super talented, man. Super talented drivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm going to send you the video so you can check it out, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, this has been a great chat. I have learned something new. I want to now go see one of these things in real <laughs> life. Uh, I love this. Is my this is like what honestly what you guys have the showmanship, the 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 charisma, the the crowds, spectators, and all that. This is what I'm mm. pushing for. And I would do RC. It would, it, dude, it would be so awesome to see like an RC race with that sort of production level. Where, like, I think it would it would it would work so well. Well, yeah. what it is, um, our big thing with RC is it's. We qualify too much, too many, mm-hmm. too long. It's boring, and then <laughs> the way we race, we we need we what you guys have. We need people catering to spectators. We need to have, pro, we have professional <laughs> racers in in RC, but we need to we need to yeah. actually have them be professional to an extent. And mm-hmm. it, it, this is this is like all the stuff that I'm preaching and we're preaching on this podcast <laughs> and trying to get through to people. Yeah, and you guys have it, but. Uh, it's I just like I think where where you guys are lacking like you got, like we have professional guys that actually make a living doing this you know what yeah. I mean no, that's where we need to be right yeah we need to learn from you yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. but then again we don't have we're not one out on TV so mm. uh, it's like wow like but I understand <laughs> so why we must you guys be doing are, it real wrong yeah <laughs> you no know, but I understand why you guys are on TV because it's exciting it's, yeah. it's gladiator mm-hmm. it's 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 a production and we're not used yeah. to that we yeah. don't we don't have a product in RC. To, to put mm-hmm. on television. Now, the, right, like right. I said, what I, the links that I'm going to show you, we have done that. Um, mm-hmm. But, not, you know, like getting anything on television is extremely hard. It so, is, yeah, yeah. And we, this yeah, is no, the, I'm so excited to see. 
Yeah, it's the biggest yeah. question I get. Why can't we get RC on, on, on TV? Well, because it's not interesting to non-RC people. We need to make it interesting mm. and we need to have characters and we need to have charisma. Not guys in mm-hmm. black hoodies that, you know, <laughs> like... I, I, I always have the joke that we look like a satanic cult or underdog, <laughs> uh, underground dog fighting. Oh, uh, no. Or uh, the, the drivers on the driver's stand. Yeah. yeah, everyone's got a black hoodie. <laughs> everyone's got the name on the back and it's just no, mm-hmm. you know, it's no charisma or it's mm-hmm. honestly something that we're desperately missing in, in our industry. I'm going to, I'm going to talk to Mark to, I don't know what part of New Zealand he's in, but I want you to get, mm-hmm. I want you to see some off-road stuff. I mean, how long are you, you're going to be there for a bit, so uh yeah i'm gonna be living here now so All right. yeah yeah so mark yeah. and good to get connected with him yeah mm-hmm. and then you i think you would i think you're gonna love that like and mm-hmm. it's 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 hard like it's hard stuff um <laughs> but you get an e-buggy and e-buggy is really popular and it's so much mm-hmm. power and it's so much so much e- it's so much easier than nitro but nitro is the glory and that's where you really learn yeah I, I like the tinkering bit of it you know yeah, yeah. well mm-hmm. unfortunately that's see now in our industry now nobody wants to tinker no more you know what uh, I mean? Okay. So everything mm-hmm. is like I can buy this and I can do this and I can I want everything yeah. to fit nice and and perfect and, and I'm no sure at the pointy end people must be tinkering still right to get the yes the little bits of extra out. yes yeah there's still hobbyists out there but a lot is now mm-hmm. about just buying as much as we can and and putting it on everything supposed to be fitting right and and stuff like right. that so mm-hmm. it's it's different dude mm-hmm. well it sounds like somebody's dremeling back there and you're. <laughs> Wherever yeah, you are. I don't know what's I don't know what's going on there. Sorry about that. All right, no worries, man. But um, before we go, let's yeah. shout out. Let's 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 let people know where, where they can find out more about this, where they can follow you guys, Endgame, and all that stuff, please. Yeah, if you want to follow us, our Instagram's Endgame underscore BattleBot. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also find us uh, on Facebook if you just search Endgame BattleBot. Um, or if you want to know more about the show, uh, BattleBots.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll be able to see all the robots here, all the teams. Um, yeah, and otherwise, you know, find find the YouTube channels, find find it on Discovery Plus. Um, yeah, basically anywhere you can watch it is good. And yeah. shout out to, I guess, some of your sponsors, your teammates. And I don't know, man, talk some smack to the other teams out there. Maybe they might see this. <laughs> yeah um no yeah shout out to our sponsors um you know university of auckland tunnel and civil steel masters reynold all of you guys have been absolutely critical in getting us you know our giant nut um and also just getting us the event every year so yeah without them just yeah big thanks to them um and sorry no i'm just thinking i'll tell you afterwards and after you finish it okay okay and also, yeah, shout out to my team. You know, you guys are awesome. Best team I could ask for. Um, so, so excited to see what happens this year um, when we go back. And if the uh, Australian team are listening, we're going to come back for that win. You guys kicked our asses last time, but we're going to get you next time. Yeah. That's what I like to hear. Do you guys have like intro music and all that stuff when you come in and all that there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh man. I love it. We have, I a bit love of, it. we have a bit of a rivalry with the Australian team. We um we beat them in the smaller weight classes, and then they beat us last year at Better Watch. So we gotta go back and see who actually wins. What's their team three, called? You know? Sorry, uh, Death Row. Death Row. After the crocodile. Yeah. Wow. Death, Death Row. Like yeah. oh yeah, like yeah, the crocodile. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. No, that 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 good builders. So be wow. keen to give them a smack Man, around. I'm yeah. excited. I want to learn more about this stuff. So I'm gonna be messaging you. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, anytime, man. Yeah. You know what, Jack? Thank you for your time. This has been, a, I, I love learning about something new, and especially if it's RC related. And mm-hmm. man, thank you for your time. And I, I'm going to be following this a lot more. And if you guys want to follow Jack, uh, follow Fine Endgame 
Get on Instagram, get on Facebook. I mean, everything's there for you guys. I'll put the links in the written description of this podcast as well. And dude, thank you for your time. And I'm gonna get Mark to see where you where you're at and see if you can yeah, get, yeah. get you doing some off road. I didn't realize you was awesome. in New Zealand. It's probably like ten <laughs> o'clock there right now, isn't it? Uh it's about midday, so okay, good to go. Yeah, oh no, no, yeah. it's nighttime here. Yeah, I'm I'm reversed. I actually yeah, have yeah. to interview mm-hmm. another guy from Australia in RC cars. So oh, okay, I'm yeah. kind of just all mm-hmm. out. Of, he's in, on the east coast. East Coast, yeah, East Coast, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's about three hours behind us then, I think, yeah. All right, man. Yeah. Well, thank you for awesome. your time. Uh, I look no, forward for to seeing me. more about b- BattleBots, and let's get you mm-hmm. doing some off-road racing, I think. So, you know? Yeah, keen to give it a go. Cool. Thank you, man. Awesome. Have a good day, and thanks. Yeah, cheers. We are now at that point of the show where you should fasten those seatbelts and put your big boy pants on. Whoa. Things are about to get serious. It's time for the JQ Racing Rant. Yes, the JQ Racing is ra- Racing Rant is back. We don't have a really big rant this week. It's just something small. But, uh, you know, put those big boy pants on and get ready because we're about to go on a roller coaster ride of emotions here. And um, JQ, I, I didn't really touch on this with, when we was doing our PNB coverage, but I do have one gripe. And I do have one gripe. And <clears throat> I've heard it from a few people as well that I've talked to. And I just wanted to go over something because we gave a lot of credit to Live RC for what they did at DNC. And I was super excited to see them go to PNB. So I'm thinking, all right, we're going to have the same amount of coverage and value that we got at DNC at PNB. In fact, uh, uh, Dave upped the entry price of PNB to 100 bucks, 10 bucks more, because Live RC was coming there and you had Scotty and all that type of stuff and whatnot. So look, before I go on any further, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know what happened or what's going on. They definitely, it was definitely better coverage than previous years from because this is the first time Live RC's ever been there. But I just kind of wanted more. I was kind of expecting we would see like DNC coverage, like going out there, getting, you know, recording the atmosphere, going into the pits with people, stuff like that. Uh, Maybe having the overlays of the pro drivers up and stuff, like how they did it for DNC. And I also wanted a camera on the other side of the the stadium. Like at least, you know, it was like they had all the cameras on one side, like the two main cameras on you know, where they usually had the old camera on the, on the, if you're looking at the driver's stand from her, the camera was on the left. They had one on the left, they had one on the right, and they had the sliding camera on the middle, which, which I thought was cool. But I'm wondering why they didn't put camera, cameras on the other side. Maybe, maybe it was, you know, look, we all know when you get to the, for the first time you get to a place, you don't know what you're dealing with till you get there. We experienced it at RCGP. I'm sure a lot of RCs experienced it a bit. But I just, I'm appreciative, and I, I like that we had better coverage, trust me. But I just think, like, it was not as good as DNC, and I'm wondering why. Maybe they didn't go, you know, maybe they have different levels of coverage as well. Maybe that level of coverage requires more manpower as well. I believe they had seven guys there, but, you know, maybe they need to have a, a graphics guy there or whatever to do that type of stuff. So I'm wondering what happened, and, yeah, I, I just, I was... I hope they, I mean, I hope they upped their game even more. We said, you know, they did a good job at DNC, but her, it just wasn't the same. It just didn't feel the same to me. I, you know, Scotty went on an interview. Maybe also it's just way bigger than Thunder Alley too. You know, that, that arena is pretty much the size of Thunder Alley, I would say. 
when you factor in the, the seats and all that stuff. But it just didn't see the same, seem the way same. bigger. Yeah. Huh? The arena is way bigger. You said or what? I, it's bigger than the whole area of Thunder Alley, like where we race. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, Thunder Alley is not really mm-hmm. that big track. It's, you know, it was a little easier. So I'm thinking maybe they ran into some technical troubles and couldn't have as many cameras. You know, they had cameras they had normal cameras but i was just expecting maybe did they even did they have a moving camera for qualifying yes they did yes but it's just they had the two cameras you know on this side and this side why couldn't we get a camera over her or her you know on the other side of the track maybe i missed it i liked the the two in play like they had two screens going at one point i like some of the camera angles but i just it just didn't seem as good as it was at dnc they put all that extra in dnc like you know the driver profiles and all that type of stuff and they yeah i know there was none of that really which is a shame but also i always find myself thinking when i watch this broadcast that you zoom in just a bit you know not all the way to the card and not all the way like far away seeing everything like zoom in a bit Mm -hmm. on the lane that you're focused on and then focus the damn thing and then like you know, yeah. follow the car. I don't know. It, I guess it's, yes, it's hard to do, but I've seen coverage where they do that. So it, I know it's possible. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I was, if, if that, this was my job, then I would focus on that. Like, also, let's make this watchable. Also, I want to say, time. yeah, I, I just, I get, I was like, yeah, they're going to go to this race and they're going to do better than what they did at DNC. And I don't think they did. Like, I think they went on and, this is no jab at, at live RC or anything like that. I, I'm also thinking maybe it was like less staff or maybe they were, they were only required to do a certain level of, mm. of coverage too, which I understand that because people got to understand like this costs money. You know what I mean? To get all these people. Yeah, but he to- increased the entry fee, you said. He did. By and $10. and, and yeah. that's what I, I, so I've, cover it. Yeah. I've had a few 800 people, entries or something. Yeah. I've had a few people say this to me like, ah, you know, he charged 10 more dollars and, well, see, also what I think what it is, people don't understand, like, people were excited about Live RC being there, but Live RC is not there for, for, for the people that are racing. You never heard Scotty. You never heard any of these guys. But it would have been nice to do the driver profiles, maybe go, maybe I missed it. I don't know. Or maybe Dave was doing that on his own. But I like to see what's going on in the pits. And it, we got to see a bit more. Did they ever show the whole sort of everything that was going on there? No. See, okay, let's get into this. So, when they just upload an eight hour long thing on YouTube, who's going to scroll through that and find the five well, minute section on, they want to second. watch, right? So, okay, let me, well, okay. go on. No, I actually, um, I pay my membership to Live RC five bucks a month and you get the individual races. Oh, that's how you get them? Yeah. Are they on YouTube? No, because they're right there in their, in their wherever the race is, whatever main it is. It has the video there. Oh, so you have to scroll individually to that still. You have well, to. what if it's not a race? What if it's just a feature or something? Or a pit walk? No, about? I didn't see any of that. Yeah, but that's kind of my point. So if not upload those separately, then at least sort of uh, put timestamps in the videos. That, that would be good, I think. Timestamps, anyone can do that. And then maybe the biggest thing for me was, yeah, I watched the main. I think it was decent. You know, you kind of knew what was going on. But if you have a joker lane. Yes. And you know that 
your system can handle a joke, Elaine, because you also wrote the software for that app counting, then can you figure out a way so that the timing, or at least if not the public timing for spectators, but the announcers know what's going on? Because I was in Finland watching the race, mm-hmm. and I knew that Tessman had one left, and I also knew how long it took, and I knew that he was going to win the race, right? Unless he made a mistake. Well, that's you're just special. And it like seems that. like the announcers didn't know that until like halfway into the last lap or something. Wasn't it the case? Yeah, because like, he was watching the race at the same time. Out. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he's leading now. It's a race to the line, you know? Where was that? What uh, class was that? That was pro. I think it was. Was it Truggy we was watching or Buggy we was watching? Because he was kind of talking. I don't know. Truggy. But one of the races, anyway. It it was just I, because they didn't know it was about Truggy. It the, was Truggy. Yeah, because they didn't know about the, that. Uh, what is it called again? Joker Lane. Joker Lane. Then they sort of they didn't announce the race in a way where they could have built it up to be this exciting yeah. thing and sort of been on it all the time. Right. So you are very much more in brainiac when it comes to this type of stuff so you could follow it i was completely lost i was relying on the on the yeah, announcers exactly. so now just just to say something they do have on the scoring in in like the live scoring they have where the joker lane but it's three it's three joker lanes so i was thinking it would be so great if you could if you could even on the scoring on the live thing like each driver so you have three joker lanes just put one you know so you know which driver's done He's a three. Okay, yes. he's done one. He's done two. So you can see which ones and who's got things exactly. left. That's what I would yeah. like to see, and that would help the um, the announcers eat too as well because they're trying to call the race and then yeah, and the guys who's... in the pits and everyone, yeah. so they know. I think that would just. I mean, they do have it, but it's just one graphic, you know. But I'm talking about for the viewer, for myself. I was yeah. lost, like you know, and then I know these guys. Like, oh, we don't know who's got a joker land. It's like I understand why they were lost as well. Um, yeah, if you're going to use a joker lane, then you need to make it so it so sort of that full of mm-hmm. the viewers can get the full effect and enjoyment of it, not it be this random thing like no one knows anything until it finishes. Yeah, it it that made it very hard for me to follow personally. You know, y'all you're much more quick quick witted and stuff like that with that type of stuff, so you can tell lap times and all that type of stuff. But for me, like I'm just the average guy, like. If if I can't figure it out, then the average person that's coming on dropping onto it couldn't figure it out. I like the concept, I like the joker lane, I like all that type of stuff, but I just would have liked to have seen an indicator on the scoring more than just one because they had one joker, like. But you don't know how many they got left, or maybe I can't remember. I have to go watch it again. But on the screen, it's possible they just put. You can even just put a, a line. Well, I wouldn't do a line, but just a small little joker, like so you know, a, a dots like dun dun dun, three dots done. This person's done all their joker. That. Otherwise than that, I think they did a good job. I just don't think they did a, as good of a job as they did for DNC. Um, I know Hooks was racing too. So, you know, it, it was, it, it's kind of like, you know, this, I was, that's my only disappointment. Man. You're coming over to the biggest race on the East Coast. And I just would have liked to have seen more atmosphere and, and stuff like that. But I understand that this is a big big place they're at and everybody was kind of spread out it's different if it would have been like how usually where people are pitting inside probably would have been different as well but it just seems like the coverage was just not as not on par as it was with dnc so and, and I, i'm not like 
I'm happy that I had it. Don't get me wrong. It was better than what it's been for many years because they got them in there. So I hope when they go to the next race, which I think is Wicked Weekend or maybe AMS, I think it's Wicked Weekend, that they up the uh, for the race time events and they're going to do all of the um, SRS events on the East Coast. I hope they do it the same way that they did it for, for DNC. You know, that's all. That's all I want because I thought they did a good job at DNC. Kudos to you live, RC. But please, you know, we're not, I'm not trying to throw you under the, under, the, under the bus, but I just wanted a bit more. And definitely got that Joker Lane thing fixed, but it's not many other races that have Joker Lanes. That was about it. Not, not, for, not a serious rant. <clears throat> I just felt like it was a little lacking, but that could have been done to other, cir- other circumstances. You know, maybe they only provided this much. For this amount of money, you're going to get this so much coverage, you know, because doing all that, doing all that graphics and that other stuff and drive intros, that is that takes a whole some like another crew to even do that, you know. We know that from live from RCGP. But otherwise than that, I enjoyed it and I think people enjoyed it. But people were asking, we paid ten bucks, where's the coverage? But people gotta understand, the ten bucks isn't for you guys at the race; it's for people viewing the race, you know. Like you never really interact with the live RC guys, you know, unless they're coming up and interviewing you. So good. That was one of the my 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 thoughts. I think that's it. You have anything else to talk about, Josie? Nope. All right, Beaker Don. Thank you for coming on. I know you're busy. Get back to to working. Uh, thank you to all of the NNRC squad around the world. Greatly appreciate your support. Thank you to all the patrons. Hey, you know, can't do it without you guys as well. Thank you to Jack Barker for coming on and uh, talking about BattleBots. Thank you, Joseph, for your time. And thank you to all the awesome sponsors around that, that support us. They are Mayako, TNR, High Tech, SCRC, TechnoRC, Manscaped.com, Lugs, Beach RC, JQ Racing, RCGP, Racecraft, JQ Threads, Wally Builds, Papa Willys, RCMX, and House of RC. Don't forget to go and uh, fill out your profile at House of RC. And also, remember what Max and I talked about, about fixing Raw? Well, yeah, please. If you want to fix Raw, go out there and become a member. We have a plan. It's going to be starting getting unraveled here in a minute, in a bit. We want to, if you want to run for your, remember, the regional, the even regions are getting voted in next year. If you're in an even region and you're thinking about running and you want to make some change in Raw, hit us up. We're looking for like people that want to get into Raw and make changes and do things. And also as racers, what we can do is become members and get our voices heard and vote in people that want to get make change and do things different for Raw. So remember that. If you don't want to hear more about that spiel, go back to episode number 120. Josie, I'm out. See you later. Uh, See ya. And you know what, everybody? If you ain't, you know, Nitro is the glory. E-Buggy pays the bills. If you ain't grinding, you're sliding. And hard work beats talent, man. Talent doesn't work hard. Lefty and Beaker, out. Thank you for listening to the No Name RC Podcast. We greatly appreciate all the support and love from you, the listeners. Without all of you, none of this is possible. Special thanks to our patrons on Patreon. If you wish to support the podcast further, you can at patreon.com forward slash NNRC Podcast. As a patron, you will receive early releases, special content, and 
Patreon-only giveaways. Also, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website, www.nnrcpodcast.com. Remember, Nitro is the glory, but eBuggy pays the bills. If you aren't having fun, it doesn't make sense. And if you ain't grinding, you're sliding lefty out. Nitro is the glory. Nitro is the glory. Nitro is the glory. so bad.